Hey, welcome to Crucible Apocalypse episode 128. We are we are in the midst of Brexit, Brexit and the, the the ongoing coronavirus and everything else. It's all it's all actually coming true, man. We are in the Crit Apocalypse. So, how do you feel knowing that the end of days is coming soon? All right. Yeah, you feel pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You've been yeah. taking those those apocalypse vitamins I've been giving you. It's gonna be funny. It's gonna be fucking hilarious. Have you already seen that people are kicking off about being stuck in a different airport queue for hours on end? Yeah. What do they expect was gonna ha- happen once we left? That's what they voted for. That's what they, they voted for. They voted yeah. for that more expensive stuff. That's my and plan. Just rights. to keep saying you voted for this. Yeah, everything. <laughs> it, literally anything that happens. If a bat flew across across a, a, a veranda, a bit of Brexit here on the nose, and something that got rabies, would be like, you voted for that. Yeah. You voted for the rabid bats. Yeah. That's what you voted for. So, man, this episode... Nigel Farage campaigned on a, <laughs> on a sta- platform of more rabid bats. Yeah, so more rabid bats. Yeah. I want I want more rabid bats. I don't care if the bats are super rabid, as long as they're English bats. Mm. Um, <laughs> but that guy's, that guy's a fucking idiot, isn't he? Yeah, he's vanished now. He, he got is, his portrait. Yeah. Of course he's vanished. He's got Jim Davidson to sign off on his portrait. Jim Davidson, what I, what I assume is is wearing someone much taller's suit because he just looked like he was. He looked like you know, like Big, where at the end he becomes a kid again. He wears all his suits from TK Maxx. He obviously does. He used to live in Woking, you know. Yeah, yeah. His son lives in Woking. So. Um, yeah. Anyway, enough on that. We're not going to start. We're not going to start that shit. So anyway, so yeah, uh, and what else has happened? Oh, sadly, Caroline Flack, Caroline Flack passed away. Can't remember her name. Caroline Flack. All I know, she was very attractive. <laughs> and she was on Love Island. That's all I knew about. Uh, real people remember that she was the co-presenter on When Games Attack. Really? Back in the early 2000s with well, Dominic Diamond. Go. Really? Yeah. So talk about this, because you obviously have a bit of knowledge about this lady. It's quite sad that she passed away. No, I just away. remember her from that. Oh. I mean, it's really sad that she passed away, because it, it seems to have been linked to a suicide due to... Well, she's had a tough break of it. And we've spoken about mental she health on this. So had a boyfriend, didn't she? She hit her boyfriend in the head with a lamp. We don't know the circumstances behind that. Her boyfriend was much younger than her, and something could have happened. And you know how things are. In much the, younger. Much younger. He was twenty-seven. She was forty. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, yeah, she was hot. Um, but the see, the thing is though that no one knows the circumstances. Still and, is for a few hours, for a little while. Pardon? What? <clears throat> No one knows the circumstances of those sorts of situations, and there are so many domestic violence cases where it's just someone loses their temper and hits once, and it could have been linked to anything. And I'm not saying that in every circumstance those people deserve sympathy. What I'm saying in this circumstance, obviously, because of her position in the media, she was her instinct was elevated and and just lauded. I think the moment I heard that she got into a violent affray with someone, I was just like, oh, okay. It happens. You live in London, someone swings a punch at you and you swing them back and because you're the more famous person, that's what I assumed had happened. I assumed someone had tried to grab her or something along those lines. No, she smacked and, him on the head when he was asleep. And after that, I was just like, I don't, I don't, like, even if that's not the case, I just don't care. Like, but apparently a lot of people did care and they hounded her and hounded her and hounded her and sadly this is what happens. Mm. And, you know, shame. It's absolute shame because I'm sure she was a nice person. I'm sure it was just some stupid mistake. She could have been drunk. She could have been on drugs. Who knows? Who cares? Doesn't matter. It's not, you know, worth someone's life. And now what we need to say is, don't believe the media. <laughs> the lizard people are taking over. No, um, I, I think British media is such a fucking cesspool. That's, I think my problem is that privately owned newspapers. Especially them podcasts. Oh yeah. Privately owned, privately owned newspapers and things like that. They, they aren't held accountable. 
They're never held accountable unless you, unless the individual who is reported on is sued. Sorry, sues them. Then they're not held accountable. And even then, they've got so much money. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. And I think that you know you should have to adhere to. There should be some sort of regulatory board that actually just monitor this stuff and make sure that you know if you're reporting something, you're reporting something that's true. If not, then. <laughs> You can be forced to shut down. Companies can be forced to shut down. You can be stopped from owning media. They make it start by uh, making sure their apologies are the same size as whatever article they wrote. Yeah, I think that that. Well, I think that an apology should be a start. I think if there is a moment where something is deemed false, any story linked to that needs to be redacted, and it needs to be like you'd end up with something like the Sun. Can you imagine if all they're reporting on immigration, they suddenly had to report the truth? They'd have an entire paper just making up for like one week's of li- worth of mm-hmm. lies and racist vitriol they shoot out. Because it's utter bullshit and it shouldn't happen, but this is where we live in. Um, on a happier note, um, happier note, I don't know, Outer Worlds is getting a cartridge release on Switch now. <laughs> because the team got coronavirus? Because the coronavirus has delayed the production, but also at the same time they've decided that a cartridge is a better way to go. I think there's a lot of backlash around them just selling a case. Yeah. Which there always seems to be, um, and so fair and enough. That's how they sell digital games in Japan. Sometimes, yeah, it's, it's quite common to buy just a case. Well, that's how they did uh, Young Bloods. Mm. That's what Wolfenstein. That's why I cancelled my pre-order because I was. It was twenty five pound to pre-order Young Bloods, and you get the deluxe edition, or you can just get the code for sixteen quid. Mm. So I just bought the code. Um, but yeah. Other than that, uh, what else has happened? Nothing really interesting. Oh, the Oscars. Parasite won like a bunch of awards. It was finally a film that I'd say is deserving of awards. There's an episode of the Opera Ranger coming up that I recorded an hour before the Oscars started, and I'm like, Parasite's going to win. Put that down. Yeah. It's going to win Best Picture, and everyone's Kev's like, yeah, I don't think so. It's unlikely. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm going to look like a genius. You should put money on it. Six months from now when I put it the like episode 16 up. to 1. And I know. You should put money on it. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was even. It was the favorite for best foreign film, but I think it was still like two to one odds. Mm. So if you'd done a double on, on it winning best, we'd done the super hinds, yeah. On the, <laughs> and then I'd have to Dunnaka, explain to people. Dunnaka got a few selections in. The amount of times I had to explain what a super hinds was to people, <laughs> and I shouldn't know what a super hinds is. I liked it when people called you and they tried to give you the details of a bet whilst you're on a system that you can't place a bet on. And they're like, mm. all right, so here's what I want to do. At 12 o'clock, there's a race, right? This horse is going to fucking bash it, but I want to put it on. I want to put it on. I want to put it halves on, mate. I want to, I want to go. I want to go. Dominant odds. And it's just like, you, you sit there and you listen to these people and you're like, why aren't you in a betting shop? Let's go on the website. Oh, because it's 8 o'clock at 8 o'clock go on in the, the website morning. and put the bet on the website. Loads of them didn't, they weren't allowed to, were they? Loads yeah. of them were gambling addicts and yeah. their accounts were retracted. Um, but anyway, so yeah, uh, other than that, yeah, um, loads of other bits and pieces have obviously happened, but yeah. it's life. Sonic isn't terrible, apparently. I haven't fucking seen it. You've seen it ten times. I haven't seen it yet. Sonic isn't terrible, apparently. Um, uh, what else is... My, I just, I'd like, I'm trying to think, because I had, there was something else I was going to mention. I was there, but you can't think about it. It doesn't matter, because we're not a topic. No, we're pop, not. No, pop. we're not. But, you know... Not some it. news right. thing. And your thing. Not Go one on. of those twats who Go just on then, has to shout their opinions about thing. Anyway, here's my opinion on... Uh, what have I done? What have I played? I don't know. What have you played? Uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD. Oh, no. It's a free weekend on... Oh, okay. On Xbox Live, so I was like, oh, I'll give that a go. Um, well, it, it's the Wii game. Yeah. Um, it's a re- I don't know, it's weird, it's so weird that I don't have this one. Out of all the Monkey Ball games, Banana Blitz. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very much, it's the, basically they took the Wii game, which was widescreen originally, upscaled it, textures look like they've been retouched up and everything as well. It looks all nice and 
crisp and everything, and it's all super fluid and all that, but the original game was fine anyway. But the original game was made for motion controls, and as a result, like, the courses on that monkey ball were really, like, they were wider, and there was more barriers and stuff like that, especially on the earlier stages, even all the way up to, like, the last set of levels, really. Yeah. It was a lot more, like, you had we had rails on. It was like playing, bowl, you know, bowling with the sausages in the... In the sides, in the gullies. The bumpers. Yeah, it was a lot of sa- there was a lot of safety nets on that game to help you get through it well, because it just the motion way. controls weren't that precise. That's what I was going to say. Like it wasn't just that there were the reason that those safety nets were in there were because it, the motion controls most of the time didn't really work properly, hmm. and the challenge of the game was in having to use the motion controls. Yeah, so basically. imagine that once you put it on the switch, there was no nunchuck mode. Nunchucks, the nunchuck on the switch version, it just moved the camera about a little bit. <laughs> Um, it was like tank controls. Yeah, but um, they've put it to the, the Xbox 360, Switch, PS4, and PC. Um, I could see it being all right on the Switch. I could see them using motion control on Switch. I think it might have it, actually. That would make, that'd make sense, wouldn't it? You'd be in handheld mode, couldn't you? Well, it's got gyroscopes, yeah. so it's essentially the same. It's got multiple gyroscopes. It's quite a flashy little thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, playing it, it's, it's very easy with the analog stick. Um, <laughs> super easy. I think they've increased, they've decreased how many bananas you need to get an extra life as well. I swear it was 100 bananas to get an extra life originally. How many is it now? 10? Like 20. Ooh. Every 20 bananas, I'm getting an extra life. When you get the bonus stage, you get like three extra lives. That's um, good. The thing that sort of lets it down, because it's just classic monkey ball stuff. It's fine. It's simple enough. But mm. it's the boss battles. They shoehorn these boss battles in there. And they're not like they've done boss battles in a way where it's like... Like, if you were getting chased by something, you had to make your way across a course quickly. Yeah. That would make sense for Monkey Ball. Like, you yeah. have to work your like way through. If you were going down a hill and you had to control it, and there was, like, something sliding down the hill. A bit yeah, like, kind of um, for you. Yeah. A bit like um, a pressure for you to work through it. But, a bit like Battle Angel or Alita. But, um... It's not. They're, like, proper bo- boss battles you'd expect from, like, a Sonic the Edgehog game or something. Really? They're, like, structured. Yeah, you get, like, bird that pecks in the ground, you jump up and headbutt him and all this sort of stuff. There's like a monkey that fires rockets at you. Um, and you've got to jump, because they've got to jump in this game. Um, but yeah, it just it's it's frustrating when you get to those stages, you blitz through all the other ones and you get to this boss stage and because it's so awkward and weird to control, it, it's a pain in the ass and it's weird. It's just suddenly you're playing this different game and it doesn't work. But you know, it's got multiplayer, it's got the got the party games which is what anyone plays monkey ball for like the you know all the classic old things mm. monkey target is the best one but i don't know why they just didn't do the first two monkey ball games like what monkey ball 1 and 2 is a bundle hd that'd yeah. be amazing because they've never been widescreen they'd be widescreen for once they'd be hd they've never been like you know they didn't have motion controls they were built for analog stick controls although i would wonder if the current generation analog sticks are quite as sensitive as the gamecube one was because the gamecube ones are very good like analog stick for monkey ball, especially because of those little gullies. You can get an adapter. Yeah, on Switch you can. Yeah, not on Xbox and all that. Xbox. I bet there's a load of people playing it with a keyboard and mouse on PC, and they say this is the preferred method of <laughs> playing. This is the purest way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it it looks nice enough. It's simple. I think it's only like twenty five quid on most formats, isn't it? For new. Yeah, the cartridge has gone down. So I was looking at the Switch cartridge. It's like forty quid on Switch because the Switch cartridges are always more expensive. But it's gone down to twenty two quid already mm. on Base.com. Mm. Um, also, actually, oddly enough, I saw for a sale, and I didn't realise this had come out. Border, uh, Borders Gate One and Two enhanced. Yeah, yeah. They're bringing out Planescape Torment soon, aren't they? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Borders Gate, Borders Gate One and Two were um, fifty, sixty quid in the eShop. I can't remember. Yeah. And uh, Base.com have got it on sale right now for twenty two pound as well. Mm. It's not a bad price for those games. Yeah, classics. I wonder how they play though. Because they, with Planescape, isn't it like uh, third person? 
No, it's a all overhead. It's all overhead. It's a Diablo and all that. Yeah, what was the game that was? I don't know, none of those. They're all from the same era. They're all over isometric. Yeah. Like, Baldur, well, Baldur's Gate, isometric, yeah. hack and slashy game. Fallout style. Yeah. But um, they'll they're probably be manageable. I mean, they ported a few of those sort of games to PlayStation back in the day, and they played. Well, you can right. get it. I've got it on my tablet, mm. and on tablet it makes perfect sense because you just point where you, you want to go. Touch screen on Switch. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. No, uh, Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD. It's all right. You get it cheap. Is it? Is it one of those things where if you've got the original version, there's no reason to play this? I mean, you'd have to put plug your Wii in again. <laughs> Or your Wii U. Oh no! Oh no! That's so much effort. My Wii U's just basically stopping dust getting on the space under it right now. It's doing a really good job. There's a lot of dust on it. <laughs> Do you remember it got so it got really dusty, and you were like, "Oh, I'm gonna go break the old Wii U out," and you went to turn it on the screen. Had something wrong with it? Oh, there's a dent on the screen. How did that even fucking happen? I don't know. I think you sabotaged it. <laughs> because, yeah, I, I need to uh, empty that at some point because I might put the Mega SG there. Yeah. When I get it. Oh, that's good, tiny. Right? It is good. I could probably fit something else them. next to it. Hmm. Anyway, Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, by the time you listen to this, it's not free on games with <laughs> Xbox Live <laughs> oh, anymore. So, shit. so NBA 2K20 was free as well, and I was like, nah. No. No. Nah. No. No, no thank right. you. Thank you. So it was free on games with gold this what? month. Um, Star Wars Battlefront, the original one. Yeah, I saw that. I was having a go on it earlier. It's all like um, widescreen and, and like 4K. Yeah, I don't know if it's 4K. I yeah, think it's, it's all upscale. I was looking at it and I could see some pixel edges, which you yeah, but you would do that with like textures and stuff, won't it? Yeah, but I mean polygon edges. And oh right, you shouldn't get that with no, you should higher upscale and texture wise. Well, it depends on how they've done it because mm. if they mapped it so that it's 4K when you're in a certain view. I mean, if it's taking you... 1080p and they're upscaling it from there, yeah, it looked okay. 1080p to me. But yeah, fair enough. I was bad at it. Yeah. And you can't play online because they shut down Xbox Live servers, don't they? And they don't connect to oh. modern Xbox Live, which is just... So it's just balls. single player? Yeah. Well, you can play multiplayer split screen, which is how I used to play it all the time anyway. Oh, uh, okay. Because well, you can put bots on there, can't yeah. you? Well, you could have the... Um, they had that galactic combat thing. Oh, Where right. you went around through the different planets and all that. It was good. The second one did it better, though. But yeah. Anyway, you review your first thing. You're going to review episode 1862 of Neighbours. No, I wish. Yeah. I wish I was that deep into Neighbours. No, um, I, I'm going to start with. I'm going. I'm. 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 I'm going to start with. Uh, oh, there you go. You're going. Oh, you don't know what you're going to. I'm going to start with a Switch game. I'm going to start with a Switch game. I think. I think yeah. I'm going to start with a Switch game. Yeah. Um, I've been playing Door Kickers. Door on Switch. Kickers. Door kickers. So you know I had like um, the viewers. Door cockers. The viewers won't know this, but a long time ago I reviewed Broforce and it was on sale recently. So I downloaded Broforce on Switch. I paid like four quid for it and downloaded Broforce. And I started playing Broforce again and I played all the way through it this time because last time I got sidetracked. I had a really good time playing Broforce <laughs> on the Switch Lite. So it's talking about door kickers. So uh, so I, uh, I had a look at the old eShop. And uh, and I saw a game called Door Kickers, and uh, it turns out turns out I had a review code for it. <laughs> Stop requesting review codes. <laughs> so I had a review code of it. So I got to play Door Kickers, uh, and it's really fucking good. So it's like the simple way of explaining it is: you've got a sprite that's slightly, well, I say slightly, it's about three times the size of the sprite in Door Kickers, and you've got you've got like um, you've got a side-on view of a hostage situation or a terrorist cell taking over a building. And what you do is you walk up to a door and, oddly enough, you kick it. Yeah. And sometimes you can... If the, room, the if the room has windows, you can see inside of them. 
if it doesn't, if it's like a closed room, then you can't see. So it's sort of like an element of sort of chancing each one. So you you sort of it's almost like um, you 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 start learning. Hotline Miami had line of sight. Pardon? If Hotline Miami Miami had line of sight. Yeah, basically. Um, but but we do so. Some doors some doors will just open up immediately, and if there's an enemy on the other side, they'll get stunned. But other doors will take multiple kicks to sort of open them up, and it's learning those pans and learning where those are, because on some of them difference between winning and losing a level is kicking a door waiting the right amount of time for people to come over and be like oh I heard something over there mm. and then after and then hitting it again to keep them there and then hitting it a third time and you can just you can stun them all take them all down very quickly and save the hostages and not lose anyone it's really fucking fun if you shoot the hostages they've got no one to if you shoot the hostages you, you don't it, it has one of the only only bad things to say about it is that it has a very mobile game setup and I don't know if it's available on mobile phones it might be where it's come from but you get star ratings for each level three stars yeah yeah so it's like a mobile thing but um but so but th- this isn't like a mobile game there's no there's no small amount of content that you know you steadily get drip fed straight off the bat you've got three different modes. Uh, the modes that I played predominantly are the rescue modes. So that's like the the hostage rescues or terrorist takedowns. Those are all linked into there, and that's the main story. Mm-hmm. Then they've also got a fantastic zombie mode. And now with the zombie mode, it's almost zombies the, are well known for taking hostages. Well, yeah, it's almost the exact same scenario, except you're playing in a world where at any point these weird portals to hell can open up, mm-hmm. and any dead bodies in the room will get taken over and become zombie monsters, and then other special mutants will come through. So now there's now a secondary race against time. So you're not only trying to beat the cro- clock and get the, the best high score, you're also trying to clear a floor. Because if one of those pools pops up, then the entire floor is essentially, those hostages are going to get turned into zombies. You won't get any points. Terrorists will become zombies. They might fight the zombies or they'll probably just shoot at you. That happens. Osama Bin Laden got turned into a zombie. That's it. That's yeah, it. I remember um, that when that happened. But this game is really fucking fun. Yeah. I didn't, like, I was expecting it to be um, almost like... Um, it, it was almost like going to be something that I just like I um I I I sort of weaned myself off the Broforce stuff because I really enjoyed that and that that style of game and I was looking for something similar. Yeah, Broforce sucks. Eh? I like Broforce. It's a good game. I think it's a good game. I'm going to say that. And my opinion of I it is give it for that time game. when they had the what game do you want on PlayStation Plus next and people could have voted for Assault Android Cactus <laughs> and they voted for Broforce. They'll vote for Broforce. <laughs> There was Assault Android Cactus, Broforce, and Action Henk. I've bought bro, I've bought fucking Assault Android Cactus like three times. You yeah, haven't bought it on Switch on P- Xbox yet, but I might. I've got it on Xbox Switch and PC. Mm. <laughs> I can't fucking play it on PC. <laughs> anyway, besides the point, Door Kickers. It's really fun, really entertaining. It's really quick. That gameplay loop of completing a level and then maybe doing the next one, it would work great for anyone who's commuting like me, or if you've just got a few minutes and you want to just play a game. Fantastic. I think overall if you would sit there and have a session it's not like something like Breath of the Wild where you're going to continue yeah, it's not like Breath of the Wild it's, not, what, it's no, 2D sorry <laughs> I'm trying to come up with an example of a game that naturally you progress for you and you, you, you discover these things and it's this persistent world and there's all this interesting shit to find it's not an open world style game like that just saying it's, it's not, not interesting no it is very interesting but it's it's short spurts it's like boom 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 there, you know, I'll pop it down and then I'll play again. That's what people tomorrow. call you, isn't it? In the club? short spurts, short spurts, short spurts, yeah, short spurts. Yeah. At least, at That's least a couple of centimeters. You. They call me the toxic dribble. All right, uh, but yeah, daddy. <laughs> but bro for, uh, bro force, but door kickers, door kickers, door kickers is great. I'm going to give it a Matthew short Lillard. Is Davis's I'm going to give it a Matthew Lillard. Um, oh, Shaggy, he's a god among men. And some of his other roles, he's all right. 
Can you name Can you name a bad Matthew Lillard film? I probably could. Go on then. Was he in <laughs> Scream Three? No, no. Oh. He's only in Scream One. Oh yeah. Thirteen Ghosts, maybe, but mm. some people really like Thirteen Ghosts. Yeah. What was that one? He was in The Descendants. No, not this. He was in that. No one oh, cares. he was in, he no. was in Blood Sucking Bosses. Nah, he's in a really um, Hackers. Hackers isn't a bad film. Hackers is a great film. Exactly. Why are you, why are you defending my scoring system? Terrible. It's your turn. Fuck you. Um, you um, Children of Mortar. What? Children of Mortar. It's a game. Um, surprisingly enough. So it's a sort of, it's tough to describe. It's meant to be a roguelike game. Sort of roguelike. Kind of mixed with a bit of, it's Diablo style, dungeon crawler, RPG, hacky slashy stuff. But there's a really nice sort of tone to it where it's telling a story like a fable where there's like a voiceover going on. There's no, like the characters themselves don't do much talking. Sometimes you'll see a little bit of text above them when you're in the main room area, Mm -hmm. but it's always told through constant storytelling even when you fail a level and you end up being sucked back to you have this little gem that when you die it pulls you back to the above ground to the base it's like a that's crystal. the game you were playing was it I don't know the other day I came in here I and you were playing today. that two day two, two day <laughs> two day is gonna be the day that 2D hacking game and I said it looks a bit like Dead Cells no, I was playing it today I only just started playing it this morning so but that's the one with the gems where you like zap back to the gems, yeah? So when you mm. die, you come back to a gem. No. I don't know what oh. 2D game you're thinking of. But anyway. Is this a 2D game? No, it's a first top-down isometric thing. Oh. I told you, it's like Diablo. What's um, that game? There's some interesting stuff, though. Like, every time you fail on a level, which obviously, you know, when you play roguelike games, if you keep failing over and over, it sucks a fair bit. But you don't bit. fail. But the way but this works... you the extreme gamer. You do get, like... Anything you've earned, the only thing you really lose, as far as I can tell, is these little crystals you pick up on the way, which are usually used to unlock chests. How important are they? Um, but they're not that important. No, yeah, they, they're not like experience from dead. You'll so miss them so. if you like jumped into a level and you saw a chest and you can't find a crystal to open it because you get crystals from. Very rarely they'll drop from enemies. Usually you'll find like a corpse and you can pull a crystal from it. It's like a soul essence crystal thing. Okay, so they're not like rings and they're coins from Mario. No, you pick up coins as you go there, and the coins are called Marv. That's the currency. Um, I don't know if Love what's the, the other name of the Holo, Home Alone thief Harry and Marv Harry and Marv yeah, yeah. Um, there's no Harrys bandit. in the game Sticky Bandits Wet Bandits Wet Bandits <laughs> there, there were Sticky Bandits in the sequel were they? yeah because oh, he has the sellotape on his hands oh, yeah, yeah. he sticks in the cherry pot but um, yeah they, they whenever you do fail and stuff like that it goes back there's usually like a little bit of story that will play and it'll be building stuff up like there's one it's all about family. There's like an old lady who's like the sage of the family and mm-hmm. keeper of all the knowledge and stuff. And you start off playing as like a father and I think his daughter. Yeah, his daughter. Um, they both play very differently as well. But a little way in, you start getting little story snippets where his other one of his sons is learning to use daggers and stuff and the mum doesn't like it and he runs away from home <gasps> and all this sort of stuff that's sort of like building up to introducing him as another character you can play as. Because yeah. eventually you play as like most of the family. And when you level up stuff, as you earn skill points, um, there's a, like a, a bar on your main screen. So when you've say, done four skill points, you unlock the next part of the tree. Mm-hmm. There's like a skill that will now be in effect for everyone. Okay. So like you hit that first one and it might be something like everyone gets more health or everyone moves faster. So as you unlock more characters, they'll have some extra buffs based on how high level your whole family is. Yeah. So it pays to switch up characters and play around with them and stuff. Um, 
the only things that sort of I've really bothering me because I'm you know I'm a pixel art purist and stuff and it is pixel art and there's a lot of zooming in and zooming out during cutscenes and like during story moments and even sometimes in the gameplay not too often though but because of this there this cost the sprites being scaled as it zooms out you get a hell of a lot of shimmering where sprites are being like drawn as different sizes oh okay because they're they're not integer scale. They're like sometimes that you won't be able to, you won't be able to see it individually. Like if you paused it and you went pixel hunting, you would see a lines down the screen in multiple directions where one pixel has been made slightly taller than all the other square pixels around it. I see what you mean. But what that causes is when the camera moves out, you start getting this weird wobbling effect. It's like the shimmering effect you get on retro games when they're not scaled properly. Like Mega Drive games when like Sonic when you went to the bonus levels. No, you know the ones that spin. It's no, usually an emulation TV, yeah. thing because old games consoles wouldn't scale up perfectly to 1080p or whatever. Oh. That's why they tend to go for 720p on retro games because 240p scales up to 720p yeah. in free amounts. It fits in nice and easy. It's also Tony Hawk was the first person to do that. What? Well, <laughs> Tony Hawk did a 900. You're not even yeah, on no, the right like, scale. Like, that's what I mean, like 900p, yeah. so it's the next level. No, but... It's yeah. So sometimes when you get that, it wobbles a bit, and there is a point where it zooms out so far, it may as well not be pixel art, and it may as be like just painted art style. Mm. Um, that's one thing. It's not like the art style's bad or anything, but I just wish they would have stuck to a size, and like you know, if you're going to move the camera around, move it evenly and stuff. Um, but I like how the some the character, the two characters you start with, because I haven't unlocked the third one yet, because I've only been playing it this morning. But um, both of them play differently. One of them's hack and slash with a sword, so you have to get close to the enemies, but your sword will basically keep them at bay. Yeah. So every time you hit an enemy, they'll knock back a little bit so you can hit them oh, again. Cool. The other character plays more like a twin-stick shooter. She's got a, a crossbow that she fires, um, which somehow she straps over her shoulder when you're running around. But I don't know how, because it is a crossbow she's holding. It's not a bow and arrow, as far as I can tell. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But it looks like a crossbow when she's running around. Yeah, but she could have but, like a leather strap on it. Maybe she's got a leather strap on. Um <clears throat> but when you're firing it, if you're standing still, you aim with the right stick to fire. If you stand still, it doesn't use up any stamina. If you move your stamina gauge, it starts going down. So you've only got, like, say, seven seconds of running and shooting at mm-hmm. the same time to keep away from enemies. But you've got two dashes, which the main character's only got one. So you've got a bit more manoeuvrability to get out of the way, but you basically have to create space, stand, take your shots, keep moving, and all this sort of stuff. Like, it's it's all about manoeuvrability with her, whereas the other guy is more stand your ground and only move out the way when you've got like when you're getting overwhelmed you want to try and keep enemies in front of you with the first guy okay. um, he's got a big old shield and if you hold the shield up and attack he thrusts forward rather than swipes it's like nice nice interesting little combat system um, and you'll pick up rewards and stuff like roguelikes you'll pick up some sort of relic that gives you some sort of boost as you play it'll do something like you know uh, make a fire effect come off your sword or something um, I did get killed on one run because I had this effect that would make explosions go off underneath me constantly which is great when you're in groups, but sometimes you walk past these little things that explode if they get hit, mm-hmm. and I just walked right past one, it exploded and blew me up, which was just not not an enjoyable way to die. Um, but yeah, I, I quite liking it. It's it's tough. The um, I fought a spider boss and he was a pain in the ass, but um, it does always feel like you're making little incremental progressions, a bit more like Rogue Legacy in that every time you play it, you're going to uh, be a okay. little bit tougher than you were the previous run. I understand that. And all that sort of stuff. I understand that reference. Yeah. So it's 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 not a roguelike in the sense that it's going to be hardcore and every time you start over with nothing. Like Binding of Isaac is not really any... I love Binding of Isaac. Like Binding of Isaac's got nothing that like 
when you fail, you don't keep anything. Every time is a completely fresh new run, which is a pure roguelike. Yeah. But this is more like Rogue Legacy, where you have some... The castle, you can, a you little can something set it comes so the back. castle stays in the same way as well. Yeah, yeah. That one, Rogue Legacy. I, I remember me and Paul spent ages doing a Let's Play of that. We recorded like two and a half hours of us playing it and had a jolly good time. And I was like, we're not going to finish it, so let's just stop here. And then the next day, I finished it in one go. I just ran straight up and just slaughtered the boss. I got all the way through the castle. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I love that game. Yeah. Although, like, I like any game where your chances of success or failure hinge entirely on the luck. Mm, a little bit. Yeah, because you roll it. If you get depends like on a, the luck. It depends on when it's unfair. If you get short-sighted, you're not going. Yeah. <laughs> you're not getting anywhere. So I'm, I'm learning to become a master of Slay the Spire now. I know you are. Decimating you people. Playing, uh, I've clocked up like two days on that game now. It's like you're playing way too much. I was looking at the stats for the individual characters and one of them I've played for like 35 hours because the other two I won through the game in no time. But one of them I couldn't finish it with. But anyway, Children of Mortar. It's good. It's on Game Pass. Um, you can, it's multiplayer as well. I think I don't know how many players it is. I think it might be only two. But um, yeah, I found a little dog in it. That was nice. I got to find some stuff to help heal him. He's ill. Oh, like haunting yeah. grounds. Yeah, he's ill. And you need to find some stuff for him, probably because of eugenics. Oh yeah, Richard Dawkins. Fucking hell. He would. Have, he's been saying that stuff for years. It's just yeah, right now people are actually paying attention to him. I know. I. I... He's a. Twat. Well, he's, he's not... The problem is that people misunderstand. Like, eugenics was a practice of breeding out traits that was deemed un... un, un yeah, but for him, the unsavoury traits is... Unsavoury, that was him. Black people. Yeah, I know, yeah. No, I, think that's, I think that's the problem. Is He'll probably yeah. want their big dicks. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> massive racist. And he's probably going around the place going, how big's your dick, black man? But yeah, see, that's the other thing, though. Because that <laughs> that's he, what he thinks. He seems to think that, that mutations... Don't occur if you practice eugenics. That's not true. Yeah, pugs are fucked. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Like that's the whole point is that like even if you selectively breed things, you're never going to get the best traits of both. In fact, you could get worse traits. Of- chickens are fucked. All chickens oh, yeah. are. They're not meant to look like the way they do. Well, People forget that about chickens. They're not meant to age the rate. A hundred years ago, they didn't weren't like that. Yeah, we fucked them up. Well, yeah, <laughs> and they're not meant to. They're not meant to reach full maturity in like a month. Yeah, but they do. Yeah. And they get injected with hormones and shit. Tasty, though. No, they're not. That's the problem. It's not worth a life. I don't fucking... I don't care. Eugenics doesn't work. Because I like, you ever seen that video when they're showing chicks. about chicks just being packaged up and sent places and stuff? Yeah, like they don't chicks. do that. They don't do they that. They just pick up packs of chicks and chuck them in a box. Yeah. You know why they don't do that? Because they have a big machine. Yeah. And the chicks they don't want just get chucked into a mincer. Nice. And then that's used for things like yeah, chicken nuggets. I like that video because it was like, oh, look at them picking up all the little chicks. All these little chicks going, chap, chap, chap. Oh, right, and then them up, them off like Put this. them in a box. Yeah, holes in it. There's holes in the box. But then I was thinking, where are they going? Yeah, they go to the mincer. the video never explained that. They go to the mincer. That's just the car. No, this was like... This is like, you know, when you watch one of those videos where it's like, oh, this is how we make French fries. It was like one of those where you see the whole production line and you're just like, oh, that's interesting. They go get packaged up, you know, like the microwave fries and they put them all inside those boxes mm. that's got one fry in each individual compartment. Yeah. For the microwave. It's like that. They pick up a handful of chicks, chuck them in, one, two, three, eight, right from Baker's Dozen or something, send the chicks off. But there's no moment where it goes, we're sending these chicks where? Mm. <laughs> They're going to be so put inside fun. eggs for so, Easter parties. So I hate every industry that involves me. Um, it's only getting worse. What about anyway, porn? What? Porn? Yeah. But that doesn't involve... That doesn't That's involve... That's involve me. Pretty oh, okay. I see, what you, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You've seen my playlist. You've seen me... Some roast beef. Oh, God. I watched a video where it was... Where it was... Like, I don't know how the I The Simpsons up... porn me and Kev discovered. I think we yeah. mentioned it in one of Red our videos. Tube. I went... I was, I was on like... There's a Maggie in it. 
Sometimes, sometimes one of the characters I, is a Maggie. Sometimes I go on YouTube and I go on a porn adventure. I don't yeah. do it to masturbate. I do it just YouTube. to no red tube. I do red tube. Yeah. Oh, you fucking commoner. I don't. I don't you. do it to. I don't do it to masturbate. So I do it to explore the world of sexuality. Yeah, yeah. You know where you just click the next link. It's a bit like when you're on YouTube and you're watching music like videos. Frank and just, Reynolds. Just no. <laughs> and um and it's getting into cream pies. And I came to a video that was a woman completely nude, quite overweight, eating... No, there's nothing wrong with that, but it was just her eating. Yeah, you're into that? I'm not into that. It was weird, but it's also quite hypnotic. You're knocking my... Sorry, I knocked the mic. It's also quite hypnotic for a weird... Like, it's the way that... Stop fetishising. It's not like like you'd expect it to be, where it's like someone seeing someone in excess. You know, like, like someone completely out of control. And that can be attractive to some people. Instead, it was her picking up a single chip and dipping it into the sauce she likes and then what eating sauce? it. I can't remember. She had a bunch of McDonald's packets that were peeling. Oh, nice. She was in America. Did she so have they the, had like um, tubs of stuff as well. Did she have the, you know, the special tomato sauce that you only get with the um, che- cheese dippers? Mate, I have no idea. I always order a pack of the cheese dippers because you get the special tomato relish. I don't know if I saw this or I, I don't know if this is like my mind might have been playing tricks on me because I was in like a euphoric madness when I, when I was watching this. But I think she had like an XL pill holding you know like you do the daily pills oh, for yeah, old people yeah, yeah. she had an XL one of those and she had put the sauces in that as like a saucier oh, that's not a bad like idea a sauce tray. <laughs> but she she hadn't poured them into it's the nice cute tray yeah well that's kind of what yeah. she was doing but the whole packet fit in there so I assume it was like an XL one like for like horse pills mm. or something do tomato barbecue daddies because daddies and barbecue are two she different had, like, things chips mayo chicken nuggets I squirt some mayo and pasta, tomato into the same one and mix it up garlic bread meat like, sauce it was I was looking at it and I was just Cheese. like I was like I mean would you be able to eat that much food sauce code pretty sure she ate all the food I didn't skip ahead because that betrays the idea of a <laughs> red tube adventure but needless to say I didn't watch nuggets. the whole thing she just went she just started eating I just I couldn't she had ice cream as well, and I was like, I oh, kept thinking, is she going to start cream? eating the ice cream? She had tubs, but they were like American Ben and Jerry's. I don't know what the flavours were. Oh. But it's the kind of thing where I was like, if I saw someone oh, dip a chip in some sauce, if I saw someone dip a chip in some sauce, eat the chip, and then eat the ice cream, I'd be a bit annoyed. I'd be like, don't. No, you got to do it in the right order. Eat your dessert last. Yeah. You eat the food first. And, like, I can't imagine that. Do you think down at the bottom, like, someone's like, I ordered your fucking Domino's as we speak, mm. lovely? Mm. So <laughs> that's your, you chewing that's your second review. No, no, no. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Me dipping into the world of eating porn. No, um, my the second feeders, review. Feeders, man. <laughs> feeders. That's what they're called. That's it. Um, my second review is. Do you remember Feeder? The band. Yeah. Yeah, the drummer hung himself. himself. Yeah. Really sad. Come Back Around was the song they wrote. Well, no, it's the song that they released um, and they released the... Uh, they released it and then some of the funds went towards a charity. I think it may have been Samaritans. That was really sad, though, because I was a big feeder fan. I was. Yeah, no, evidently you went on Red Chief and watching the video. <laughs> it's just... It's them playing in Fort Park on Fright Night when I went. <laughs> That's right. I went to Fort Park to see a band because I was cool. <laughs> Alright, my uh, second review is going to be Bojack Horseman We've got the final part of the Bojack Horseman uh, final series I haven't watched it yet I know you haven't, I'm not going to spoil it for you I've finished Dark Crystal first um, In regards to Bojack Horseman I mean, it's been a crazy time, hasn't it? It's been, what, uh, six seasons? This is six season? Yeah And I think They're actually calling it season six, part two And not yeah. 
season seven, like they yeah. tried with She-Ra, where it was like... It was dog shit. It's just because they took longer. Yeah. Um, so, Bojack Horseman's a really weird series, because unlike um, things like Family Guy that probably should have ended a long time ago, but in a similar sort of way, I think everyone felt a bit in limbo after season two, because there were rumours it was going to get cancelled. Um, and Bojack Horseman's all, it's always been a great show. But I think the first season, they were still finding their legs. And they had an idea of what they wanted. And there were a lot more animal, mm. animal puns back then. I don't know if you remember. There's loads of animal puns around the scenario. And then in season two, that sort of the residual of that came through. But then Bojack Horseman's depression and everyone else's feelings around him and his interaction with them just started bubbling below the surface. Mm. And then season three is when we started to see that characterization, that and that character develop and become something more. Because the first one, they were still playing his alcoholism for laughs in some episodes. Yeah, that's the the whole first series is basically, Horsing here's around. your regular comedy yeah. thing, cartoon show. It's a bit like, because the first few episodes definitely have a bit of family guy to him, where yeah. it's like wacky scenarios, and it's funny he's an alcoholic and stuff like that. It's like when everyone laughs at home as alcoholism. But, yeah. You know, it's like it takes that and then it starts shifting it more and more towards drama as it goes along. Yeah. It starts going, no, it has real impacts and And I think, stuff. I can't remember if it was season six, I can't remember which one of the, they're all sort of blurring together at this point because I'm trying to recollect key you moments. You can't remember the series you just watched. No, no, I can remember the series I just watched, but no, I'm, I'm trying to remember key moments throughout it. And one of the episodes that I found most, most impactful was the episode in which he goes back to his dad's house, you know, like the oh, lake yeah, house, yeah, yeah. and it's completely fucked and he starts... He's got that fly that helps him build it and repair it, and hmm. he's trying to go through everything. And he just finds that no matter what he does, he can't fix it. And in the end, he 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 basically berates the fly that's so willing to help him and 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 willing to do everything. Obviously, for a price, it's like a service, but so willing to help him. But even though he's paying him, even though he's there for a reason, even though everything that he is doing hinges on the fact that one person is competent in that situation, he still can't help but destroy that relationship. And that sort of that was the defining mythos for the whole series. That kind of became the thread through everything for me. I kind of it was that point where I was like, the whole point of this series is that Bojack Horseman can get better, but he can also get worse. Mm. No matter how good we see him, he can be worse. No matter how hard he tries, he can fail. Mm. And there's never been that level of humanity to an animated series I don't think I can I, I can't I can't recollect anything that's dealt no. with these issues and no matter what they do they're never given a free pass mm. so there's one specific episode in the series that um, I liked especially and that is an episode in which he he has a TV interview about what happened to what happened to um, the little girl from Horsing Around um, Carolyn no, Sarah Lee. Sarah Lynn. Sarah Lynn. Uh, Sarah Lynn. Um, and, and what happened to her and, 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 and what happened the night that she died? Because obviously that was the ending of the last series. Um, she died and then he drove off and he tried to rediscover himself the first half of this series. But in this, the, the, there are two reporters that are trying to find the details of everything. And basically he has a telephone, he has a TV interview and it goes really well. And then he makes the mistake of having a second one. Oh, no. So the first one goes really well and he's riding this high and he's like, maybe I can get more sympathy. Maybe I can get more people's attention on this. Maybe I can turn this around more. And it's like, but you've already turned it around. To turn it around more puts it back into the view it was in before. And in his head, he doesn't realise that. He doesn't think, 
I'm just making myself. And obviously, because the first interview wasn't planned, it was like an ad hoc thing. They just sort of went, look, let's just do a fucking interview. Everybody else is doing, doing interviews. There's these rumors. Let's just do an interview. And you can come clean. You can say what you need to say. And he does, and it's heartfelt, and it's real, and it's it's actually him being frustrated, being upset with himself, being upset with the situation he found himself in. But then, as soon as people know he's willing in, willing to interview, and he f- says, "Oh, this is this could be good, this could be good," those reporters thread the questions through mm. because by that point they know more about the situation, and it is fucking devastating. And I don't know what it is about the character, but I'm drawn to Bojack Horseman. I I like that character. Like like horses. (laughs) As a personable character, he works for me. Diane, even though she's flawed, even though she made mistakes throughout the series, even though she isn't trustworthy for most of the people in her life, I'm drawn to that character. I like that character. That's a good character. Mr. Peanut Butter is literally just a cock and enthusiasm. And that he is still likable. Todd is a character that is floating through life with no care and no responsibility. And he often refuses care and responsibility. But he still somehow is likable. Even though he is the antithesis of an of a, of a actual antagonist or protagonist or any character in a story, he is just a leaf on the wind. But he is likable. And that's the weird thing about all these characters, be it human or animals within this world, they're all likable. They're all interesting. Mm. And it's the writing. It's the art direction as well. I've noticed that more this series. The art is incredible. Mm. They use partly traditional animation stuff. And then there also seems to be some texture work going on, a bit like South Park. Like some stuff when things are wet, it mm. looks like wet paper rather than like... It's yeah. just weird stuff like that. And it's... It's all coloured to look like um, watercolour yeah. thing, isn't it? It's just a shame we're not going to get any more of this. But I couldn't... Imagine a better ending. And they cancelled Tuca and Bertie, which was the only other show. Yeah. <laughs> it was that sort of thing. Yeah. Was that set in the same universe? No, no. It's like it was just a similar thing. premise. I think it's one of the writers okay. did Tuca and Bertie, or the artist who designed yeah. something like that. They got linked somehow. But um, but this is... People aren't talking about this enough. People yeah, do talk people about Bojack Horseman. About Bojack a lot. They like Everyone's it a lot. obsessed with it. But when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, they won't, they won't come back to this. Like yeah. I don't see people coming back and rewatching this like they do Parks and Rec or Friends or or um, or Community or things like that's that. That's the Netflix problem. They just chuck out the episodes in one batch and then yeah. it's done in a few days. I think that doing it in two parts, segmenting it just a little bit and giving you a month of breathing room, especially mm. when it comes to the level of shit they deal with in this. Mm. Sarah Lynn's death is impactful throughout. You feel those ripples resonate throughout the series. As soon as that happens, even her her before then, him sleeping with her, resonated throughout the series mm. you know this is it's a show that shouldn't work that does work shouldn't have lived does live and has gone on to be one of the highest brow pieces of TV that you can watch nowadays they should just milk it for another 10 seasons <laughs> I don't think they should I don't think they should I just I think that Netflix need to need to do the one thing that they are mm. so adamant that they don't want to do and they've tried not to do since they got Better Call Saul, since they got The Irishman, all those other things, they need to release this on a physical format. So they've set speak. a deal up with um, someone recently for yeah. physical releases, because DVDs I, and stuff. I want to own this. I don't mm. want this to disappear off Netflix, because it will. Eventually, mm. Netflix, even if they own it, they'll be like, fuck it, no one's watching it. Let's get rid of it from the algorithm, because it's just taking up space on the servers. 
and I I want to own it. Like it's just a weird little thing. I'm I just want to sit it there, and I want Netflix to be there. Netflix just constantly fill it up. They'll just keep filling it up until they run out of money, and then they'll sell the rights to Netflix to someone else. Yeah, and they'll start filling it up until it stops making them money. Maybe. Yeah, they're putting Jeopardy on Netflix soon. Look, it gets to a point. Where, oh, more Aaron Paul. Yeah. Maybe. No, Aaron Paul was on the Price oh, is the Right. Price is Right. Yeah. Jeez. Shit. Um, it's just it's one of those things. Eventually, there is too much. Humankind can't handle infinite. You know, we don't. We aren't. We aren't functioned to be able to understand it or see it. Or, Says the guy who can't stop watching stuff. He walks around the house with his laptop watching stuff. Oh well, yeah, like I said, you can't. trips over things all no, the time. You can't. You fell flat on your face carrying the. You laptop. can't imagine infinite. There is no way for the human mind to comprehend it because to even begin comprehending it, to comprehend a space of time, needs to understand it, and that's there is no space. Netflix there. isn't infinite. I know, but the idea that if they keep adding stuff, someone else will just buy it. The problem is if they keep adding stuff, more stuff is disappearing. It's like the sea. Just the waves come in. New stuff comes in. Old stuff gets dragged out. New stuff comes in. Old stuff gets dragged out. Sometimes there's some old shit scattered in there that manages to get to the front again. But then they put old stuff on Netflix. <laughs> but um, Project Horseman as a whole is a Tom Atkins. This isn't the strongest season, but it's still going to get a Tom Atkins because just it is the perfect end. And there are there is an episode with Zach Braff in it, and he's been in the news recently because he's dating that girl who's like 21 and he's like 47 um, that's not as bad as Doug Cutchinson no it's not she was 16 but he yeah. got her mum's permission um, there's an episode with um, Zach Breffin yeah, which, did, who, who gave the girl permission to get big old rock, massive tits probably at mom, 16 probably mum as well yeah um, there's an episode in which Zach Braff plays a waiter and Bojack is having dinner with everyone that's ever died in his life and it was did Zach Braff die in his life no um, but everyone that like basically his dad and his mum and all the other people in his life mm. and it's fucking incredible like there are episodes that should have won BAFTAs and whatever else they can get for these sorts of things because it's fucking incredible yeah Tom Atkins I'm sad to see it go there's almost like a mourning to something like this well you can start watching Power Rangers now go go Power Rangers Do-do-do. yeah when are they going to put the second half of Beast Morphers on I there? don't know but I'm not emotionally ready that's for the Power high Rangers. class Just not emotionally stuff ready I need to watch Rangers. I was thinking about watching Star Trek, but um, it's a lot of it. I'm just watching chronological order. Really? No, I think we should take we should watch it in shooting order. Well, the thing I was I was like watching it in chronological order, starting with Enterprise, yeah. but then I'd have to watch Discovery again. That's a problem. But if I watched them in air order, you get to the point where they start overlapping. Wait, you're talking about Star Trek? Yeah. I thought you were still talking about Power Rangers that got lost and so Power Rangers uh bums. Uh what are you looking at now? One of my friends who's an adult just got baptized. Uh. <laughs> I like the way your your genuine response is the same as mine just uh I think they'd know better. I mean you think like by now you'd be able to live life without It's not a real thing. No. Anyway. Now you've upset all the religious people out there. I'm not upset with the religious yeah, people. They can believe whatever fake one gods they want to. Fucking Zionists. They are... Look, right. Sometimes I pretend I'm talking to someone as well. The freaking Masons. They're going to be upset. You're dumb. Yeah. Fuck. Right. I'm going to review SteamWorld Heist. Okay. SteamWorld Heist. The new one. There's only one SteamWorld Heist game. It came up years ago. It's on the 3DS originally. It got ported to Wii U and then to Switch. It's been out for a while. It's the third SteamWorld game. Yeah, the new one. It's not. 
There is a new one. The last one was SteamWorld Quest. That came out about a year ago. Oh, was it a year? Yeah. Jesus. That's the fifth game. The first game was SteamWorld. Like no, it wasn't. It was a tactics game. It was a war game. Oh, really? Yeah. No when did Dig that. come out? Dig was like 2009, 2007, something like that. Quite a while ago, yeah. There's a few years between each one. But SteamWorld Heist is, uh, it's kind of like 2D XCOM. Yeah, I know. Like a I... turn-based strategy, shoot, shoot bad guys and stuff in 2D. Um, but it's not as sort of harsh as XCOM, because XCOM, XCOM starts off harsh and then gets really harsh and then gets like repressive and nasty. Um, but this is like, if your teammates die, you can rebuild them. They're not in the fight anymore, but when you get back to your base, they've been rebuilt. So you still got them for other missions and stuff. They just won't get XP from that mission. So they won't get any more, you know, skills or anything, but you know, and there's really no need to level up your other characters. You really only need four of them. Um, and you'll pick your favorites and stick with them if you want. I think most people just kept the captain and then. I always keep the captain. Yeah, the captain and a few other people that yeah. you basically get in the first level and they just kept them for There's the one that was added as DLC who's like a little futuristic robot that I think was in Dig. It's in Dig 2 for sure. Dig 2 set before Heist. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's it's basically you go into vessels and you'll have like a bunch of bad guys in there and you'll have Wait, some do you mean strategies vassals? go. Vessels. Vassals. A vassal is a... Like a vassal contact- state. No, a vassal is a shit. Um <laughs> <laughs> and you can see where you're aiming. Your aiming is like you sometimes you have a laser pointer that yeah, point yeah. where it's going yeah, to tell you where it bounces off and stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um you can sort of get good with it and just use your judgment though. After you can a while. get good if you try. But um it's all straightforward. There's rules to it, there's like cover that you can use and the amount of like the cover system isn't like XCOM where it's like full cover, half cover. Um and that's the two states of cover. It's like if your character is really big, no matter what you crouch behind, you're probably not gonna have full cover. So someone can shoot you directly in the head. Because it's not roll of the dice type stuff when it comes to like whether it's going to hit or not. It's if they aim well, they will hit. Um, luckily, the AI misses quite often, which is handy. Um, there's nice little things that in mess around with the environment. You get explosive barrels, obviously red ones. That's what they do. Um, sometimes you'll have like dripping pipes that drip like oil on the floor, and if you shoot that, it bursts into flames and causes damage to anyone who's on the oil. Um, you get barrels that do that as well. Yeah. That could be quite handy sometimes because you can use that as part of a strategy to set up a whole chain reaction of explosions if an enemy sets in just the wrong place. Some enemies are explosive as well, which is, don't want to punch them up close. Took me a while to realise that the big thing their body was was an explosive barrel. Yeah. Um, I just kept punching them. Um, I like the robot that's got a, a dumbbell in his hand and he's constantly doing reps. <laughs> I mean, is that the shotgun one? No, he, he, yeah, it just depends what you put on. I think he's got a grenade launcher. My guy's good. Ting, ting, bounce around. Um, he's he's a good lad. He's you know he can do. He's, he's right. He blows stuff up. Um, but yeah, I like. I really like it. It's got the whole fog of war approach. You you know you can't see through a door until you open it. Doors take up an action a lot of the time unless you already stood under the door at the end of your previous turn. Mm. Um, you have like the XCOM style way where it's like you've got a certain distance you can move to. And then you can perform an action. But if you go past that distance, that's the end of your turn. It's like, you know, you know how XCOM does it. You have the yellow grid and the blue grid. And if you yeah. go into the blue grid, that's the end of your turn. Same thing in this. There's a lot of XCOM stuff in it. But like I say, it's a lot fairer, a lot simpler. Um, not overbearing and all this sort of stuff. It's more of an adventure. It's a lot of wit to the characters and stuff. When you go back to your base, you can have a chat with your characters and they'll tell little stories and stuff when they level up and all that sort of stuff. They get a little extra backstory that they tell or they'll start telling jokes and stuff. Um, 
I like the designs of it. And one of the really cool things is whenever you go to a bar, there's like music playing. And I haven't heard the same song playing twice in different bars yet. There seems to be a different song for every bar you go to. And they're like proper songs. Like they're just full on like four or five minute long songs. That you can just stand in there and listen to, which is neat. I've not seen anyone on YouTube covering them. Someone probably should. Because they're, they're quite cool. There's a whole mix of like bluegrass and jazz and like, you know, slow slow um, bluesy songs and stuff like that. All the sort of stuff you'd expect to be played in a steampunk bar in space because the Earth blew up. The Earth blew up. That's You're, you're, you're going around Earth where there's, there's nothing there. There's some rich robots, the royalists, who are trying to rebuild it and they're taking funds from people to fund their, or their um, intention to rebuild the Earth. Except, obviously, that's not something that's really possible. Um, but there's a core floating in the middle and they're trying to chain bits of the land together and drag it back around the core. Mm. That's their whole plan. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of wit. It's fun. It was on sale on Switch the other day. It was, um, I think it's like quid. 16 quid normally oh, or something really? like that. I got it for like £5. It was oh, I think it was cheap. like... Was it... Is it... Heist, I think, was about 4 quid. No, it's not... Well, on sale it was. Yeah. But it's not normally. It's normally, no, normally not it's more. Like it's like 75% off or something. It was like, yeah. it's usually 12, 15 quid. Yeah. About the same price as Dig. I mean, I got the physical copy of Dig for 12 quid. I got like, Dig 1 for £2. Dig 2, I've got. Yeah, I haven't played the first two. Dig. I haven't played the first one either. Yeah. I've got it's it. really good. They're really good games. I'm looking forward to playing it. I am yeah. um, going to complete door kick as well. What was it? SteamWorld Tactics or whatever the first one was called is the earliest one in the series. Dig comes after that. Heist is way later yeah dig two's in the middle i think quest is like way in the future or something i can't remember even though quest is a fantasy theme thing it's still robots and everything mm. but i think it's like them in the future and they've embraced some fantasy thing i don't know i need to play quest it's a lot more expensive um and the combat on it seems very similar to slay the spire it's all card based for oh. what it moves you i thought it looked a lot like do you remember they had that weird it's like angry birds the rpg do you remember the weird five nights at freddy <laughs> Oh god! Yeah, yeah the spin off the head for that. It looks a yeah. bit like that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. cool though. I like. I, I mean, I like the aesthetic of SteamWorld games. I played SteamWorld Heist for like a couple of hours. I couldn't get into it. I was playing on the Vita though. And there's something about playing games Vita. on the Vita. Gross. I know. Right? Ew. I know. And there's something about playing on the Vita that just uh, it didn't really sit with me. And then I tried playing it on. Um, I think it was Crossbuy. So I tried. I was trying to play it on PS4, and I just still couldn't mm. get into it. It's SteamWorld digs on Game Pass right now. You could download that. There's oh. a whole bunch of things on Game Pass that just don't show up on that list. Yeah, I know. I um, know. Yeah, Dragoon Orders on there. It's a weird list as well because it's not. It doesn't seem like it's curated, so the top ones are actually the most popular. It's always in alphabetical order usually oh. when I look at it. But um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, the one that only came out like what two weeks ago. Oh yeah, that came out. Sometimes that doesn't show up on the list. Have you played The Blind Forest? No. Hmm. I think I'm playing that first before trying the new one. I've heard they're really good. But it's on Switch that one, isn't it? Mm. No. And so is Will of the Wisps, isn't it? Is it? I think oh, it might be coming. coming later. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Steam World Heist. If you can get it, get it, get it. I mean, if you can get it. Yeah. You might as well get, get one, it. Yeah. 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 I like the robots. They're nice robots. There's there's one of them that looks like a captain and they've got nice hats. Whenever you miss a headshot, if you're just still fairly close, mm. the hat falls off. So you can go pick up the hat and then you'll have the hat. And you can put it. Oh, I've put a pirate hat. Like on my in Red captain. Dead Redemption Two. And one of my characters can wear the head of one of the bosses I killed, <laughs> just as a hat. I want to be a cowboy, yeah. baby. And I got a Marty McFly baseball cap. Oh, that's cool. As well. 
Yeah. The shiny one. Yeah. I got a Jim Sterling hat, you know, the one with the corset on it. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if that's on purpose or if it's just coincidence. Yeah, it would definitely be on purpose. I can't he's remember every, how long he's, he's like had in the corset. every indie game. Yeah, I can't remember how long he's had the corset hat for. And this game's from quite a while back, isn't it? doesn't matter if he's only had it for a week. They would have added it. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, uh, so your third review now yeah my third review is oh, going to be it's going to be one of my I, I, I mean spoilers everyone best film of this year so far oh. Cats no did you review Doolittle yeah I did oh Doolittle yeah I so saw Doolittle what's this about him shoving his hand up a dragon's ass <laughs> so uh, Doolittle Doolittle is a bad film <laughs> it's it's incredibly bad so um, is it like early 2000s Eddie Murphy bad like no Norbit no so um, <laughs> what's really weird little. so what's really weird is if you watch a bad movie and a bad movie is made sincerely like they had an idea they shot the scripts and they did everything they could they got the special effects budget and it just turned out to be a dog shit movie then that's usually a good bad movie because there's like a certain level of, of, of admiration for those people and also My Miami Connection yeah there's just this enthusiasm tried. There's this enthusiasm to something like that. They really tried, but they were terrible. So <laughs> every single we one of them. We all opens now. <laughs> Apart from the song, the song rocks. Oh, the friends music, for eternity, honesty, loyalty, loyalty. friends for rem. Um. So. So the Doolittle's a hard film to 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 quantify, but let's go into it. So Robert Downey Jr. plays Doctor Doolittle, who is Welsh and puts on a Welsh accent. One of the funny things. Stop is, it. Downey. One of the one of the funny things is he's he's not entirely bad. I'll give him. I will say it is not the worst Welsh accent I've ever heard, and it is especially not the worst Welsh accent. Doctor Doolittle's Dutch. Yeah, it's not the worst Welsh accent I've ever heard by an American doing a Welsh accent. There's not many people that have tried it, but those that have usually fail. He he does okay-ish. The problem with the film is that he would be fine if he was the only Welsh person in the film. He is acting opposite. Martin Sheen. Hmm. The Welshiest of Welsh that ever did Welsh. Lycanthrope champion in the flesh. Do you remember him from Underworld? <laughs> he played the the werewolf leader. He watched the Underworld films. He was so hot back then. I got so taste. sexy. Such a sexy man in those movies. He was in Twilight. He is in Twilight. Mm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Twilight. He was in Tron Legacy. Everyone always he forgets. He was in Tron Legacy and he has the awesome cane that shoots lasers. Yeah. Um, Anyway, back to Doolittle. So, Doctor Doolittle, mm, Robert Downey Jr., he is able to speak to animals. It's not so much that he has... That's unique. Never heard of... It's not so much that he has a magical that. power. It's that he listens and learns a language. So, we meet him and he's talking to his menagerie of animals that live in his house. And he's making... And that's literally, like, what he does. <laughs> do some scenes. Don't do that. No. <laughs> that's like when Han Solo spoke freaking Kashyyyk. Yeah, it is a bit like that. Um... And so he um, he is met by a little boy. Little boy runs up to us. He goes, "Do little, do little." He's like, "It's like go away. I, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't do that." And then he's anymore. visited by three and ghosts. Shut, shut up! Let me tell the story, and then you can. Uh-huh. <laughs> so little boy comes up and he goes, "Me and my pal were shooting. I accidentally shot the squirrel. Can you take a look at him?" And and Doctor Doolittle takes the squirrel and he goes, <laughs> "That's not what squirrels sound like." <laughs> and the squirrel goes. I've been shot because <laughs> they speak in human voices. A lot of them are celebrities. <laughs> Tom Holland's in this. Isn't John Cena one of them? John Cena. Yeah, I think he is. Okay. Um, I know Rami Malek, Oscar-winning Rami Malek plays a gorilla. 
<laughs> you know they all got a call from Robert Downey Jr. saying, oh my God. where he's all like, like Avengers hey, Assemble! Man. And Rami Malek was like, fuck You know, them. I'm doing this movie, it'd be real good if you just did me a favour. Oh. Okay, so anyway, so he heals the squirrel and the um, a royal a royal family member says to him, oh, um, something's happening, the Queen needs your help, can you come to the, the castle? Or the palace, sorry. And he's like, no, I lost my wife. I want to be left alone. I don't want to do this. Cute, massive adventure. He goes and eventually meets a dragon. There's a bad person and all this other shit. It's, dragon? It is. It's it's just bad. But it's it's bad in a really interesting... Oh, Amy Malik is Chi-Chi. Yeah, the gorilla. It's bad in a really interesting way. Because it feels like no single shot is connected. <laughs> so the opening scene with the little boy and the squirrel, fine, right? But then this little girl enters the picture at the exact same time as the little boy, which, you know, coincidences happen. But the little boy reintroducing a new animal to Dr. Doolittle, that animal being something that he can save and showing off his magical prowess. There's a magical, he just listens. Um, and, and showing his abilities and, 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 and how he can help the world. And so he's like, come with me. He's like, little girl, little girl, I don't, I don't adventure anymore. I, uh, I lost my wife. That's kind of his Welsh accent. Mm. I lost my, I lost, I lost my wife. I don't, I don't adventure anymore. I can't do it. No, I can't. Uh, no, it's not me. And she goes, she goes, oh, but you must do, little, you must. And he goes, he goes, ah, oh, no, I, I can't. Does he have Iron Man armor? I've got to go help the Avengers. <laughs> Where's Tony Stark? He's here. He's a bit fucked. I don't know why I would scotch this. It's, it's just a bad, like, like, he goes to the palace and she's like, I need your help. And he's like, I lost my wife. I speak to animals. I lost my wife. She's been in jail. We speak to animals. There's something wrong with you, So, yeah, so, uh, it's a mentalist. It's just bad, mate. It's just bad. There's a scene with a lion. Really? That sounds, that's surprising, isn't it? It's, you know, I think that this is the kind of film. If I was, if I was playing a drinking game with friends, it'd be fun. If so I was, if, if Robert Downey Jr. chose to follow up, but Avengers yeah. Endgame. Well, he's done this and the Judge. Isn't that isn't that the only two? The Judge. Yeah, the Judge is the one where he goes back and his dad's Robert Duvall and his dad's being tried because he he hit someone with his car. Yeah. And it's like he's on trial. Um, it's actually not a bad film. Robert Downey Jr. is quite good in it. The thing is, though, like before Iron Man. He what? Well, Iron Man, Man saved his career. Before Iron Man, he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Hmm. They did Iron Man, hmm. and then Iron Man. After Iron Man, he did The Soloist, Zodiac, hmm. like loads of stuff. Yeah, people willing to work with him again. And Chef, yeah. and then after Iron Man two, just Marvel. Yeah, and then the Judge. He's in some other stuff. He crops up. Just um, you know, he's in the Marvel machine. Yeah. He's getting paid 50 million a movie and well, stuff did you, like... This is the interesting thing about Rob Downey Jr.'s career. So he had the incident with a machete in Ellie McBeal. Was it him that had the machete? No, that no. may have been Charlie Sheen. But he, he violently assaulted someone on the set of Ellie McBeal. Did he? And was a fucking mess. He was drugged up and just a fucking mess. And so no one would work with him. John Favreau said, I won't do Iron Man unless I can bring in the guy I want. Disney won't... Uh, not Disney. Uh, was it Universal at the time? No, it was Marvel. Was it Marvel? Just Marvel and... Paramount... Paramount. Paramount it? distributed it, I yeah. think, I remember rightly. But, but yeah, Marvel so, produced it independently. So Marvel turned around and said, and said, yeah, okay, but we're only going to pay this amount. Oh, yeah, yeah, he got paid less than Terence Howard, didn't he? He got paid half a million pounds. Yeah, half Terence Howard got like 2.5 million 3. for that 5. Yeah. Um, and when you consider those two actors in that film, Terence Howard doesn't really bring a lot to the picture. 
People forget Terrence Howard was even in the Marvel films. I bet he's kicking himself for not doing it now. Well, no, because he wanted all the money. Well, he wouldn't can do the maths anyway. <laughs> Is he the, he's the one who believes zero plus zero equals two, doesn't he? Something like that. He's yeah. fucking nuts. Um, but anyway, so um, but I mean, there are there are things about this where Robert Downey Jr.'s charm still goes. Even with the stupid Welsh accent, even with the stupid oh hello girl, hello lovely, hello hi, hi, even with the stupid Welsh accent, he still comes through as charming because it's still Robert Downey Jr. Like it just it, it, like. Mm. They need to stop pretending that we because did the he's... Sherlock films. Oh yeah, the Sherlock films are all right. Yeah, it's the third one of them. Yeah, there is. There's film being... Jared Harris at the end of the second. For some one. reason, Guy Ritchie keeps getting work. Yeah, Aladdin. Oh, you see that we... King Arthur film. I like the King Arthur film. <laughs> we had this discussion before. I don't mind it. Bad tasting movies. No, it's not bad tasting. It's not that bad a movie. It's not that bad a movie. You haven't even fucking watched it. You're like one of those people. Still like Guy Ritchie films. Have you watched the Have you watched the Tarzan film that was made recently with Peter uh, Stella, uh, not Stan Skarsgård? <laughs> no, I've been watching Tarzan films since Greystoke. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Well, Andy was McDowell, Tarzan film, and about whoever Tarzan. did her voice, it's Tarzan film about Tarzan. Hmm. Hello, I'm Tarzan. <laughs> Would you like to see my state? Don't you swing from? Oh no, not anymore. <laughs> Tarzan book is he gets brought out from the jungle and he gets brought into a rich civilization. Greystoke's actually properly based on Yeah, but isn't Greystoke they cut out all of the Tarzaning stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just living on the estate. Yeah, because it's cheaper than to film the jungle. (laughs) He doesn't even swing from anything. Swing from Andy McDowell's (laughs) pubic hair. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, this is just a bad film. Just a bad film. It's a bad film that was made from. I don't think they had a script. I don't think they had a shooting schedule. I think they just had sets. No, they had a script. It was just bad. Sometimes, sometimes well, no, scripts are just bad. I think they were writing on the day, so they had set pieces. No, no. And, someone and, like Robert Downey Jr. You just like ad lib it. Can you see an earpiece in his ear when he's filming? Because <laughs> he has an earpiece in when he films, and really? people feed him his lines. Yeah, really. Yeah, because he doesn't learn the scripts. I thought he learned the scripts. Barely. Oh. Like they'll put an earpiece in, they'll rehearse like crazy, and then I'll you know, ad lib stuff. I'll tell you who I'm always surprised by is how good Tom Holland is, is at hitting his beats mm. for like comedy films and stuff. Because Spider Man Two, like, Spider Man Far From Home, sorry, he is pretty good comedic. You know, Twelve, pardon? He's twelve, isn't he? Like twenty-five. He's going to be old enough to play Sully by the time they make <laughs> the Uncharted <laughs> film, isn't it? Um, did you know that he improv the end scene for Infinity War? You know he dies. Yeah. He improv. Spoilers. Yeah. For Infinity War, didn't Ma- didn't, two years didn't Ma- ago Ruffle now. Already spoil it when he's in yeah. the Doctor Chino, and then someone goes, "I can't believe they died." He goes, "You went, you can't wait till the next one. Everyone dies." And Doctor Chino goes, "Shut up, man, but dude, <laughs> dude, shut up." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, Doolittle is not good. It's just not good. Yeah, it's, surprising. It's an Adam Sandler, but it's, I, I actually that's that's mean. It's not an Adam Sandler because everyone everyone seems to be trying. I just don't know why. <laughs> I, I'd i say it was more it's not Adam Sandler it's, it's not Adam Sandler but it is it's a David Spade it's a little bit above Adam Sandler yeah. I mean it's all nonsense whatever you say just like. enough just it, you know there are there's some stuff he's done I mean, he's not he's probably not a sex pest <laughs> <laughs> yeah your review, Ant. Probably. Your last review. Yeah. I watched... Um, wait, what's the title of the film now? Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. No! 
No. It's Birds of Prey. And Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Except people are going, oh, they've renamed the film to Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, to make it more... They haven't renamed it for that reason. They've renamed it because no one can fit the fucking title on a frigging marquee or on the screens when you're buying your tickets and all that sort of stuff. They renamed it so they can easily put it up on display so you know what it is. Because the first words of the previous title were Birds of Prey and the last ones were Harley Quinn. It's like... That's the two important parts. In fact, the Harley Quinn part's probably more important. It should have just been Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey from the start. <laughs> anyway, I had a lot of fun with this film. Um, I'm struggling to reconcile that this takes place in the same universe as Aquaman and Wonder Woman a hell of a lot. Um, a lot more than I would say that you know Deadpool takes place in the X-Men universe. <laughs> Deadpool fits in the X-Men universe remarkably well, yeah. even with the wonky continuity. It's probably the most continuity-perfect set of films. But this one takes place in the same universe where a few months prior to this, Harley Quinn stopped a raging alien, like, um, raging demon woman from destroying the Earth. Yep. <laughs> um, there's nothing supernatural or bizarre in this film apart from one character using a meta power once in the entire film. Yeah, she refuses to do it for some reason. Yeah, because it's a big build up. It's a thing from her past. It's a legacy from her parent, oh, right, yeah, yeah, mother. Yeah. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to be like her mum because her mum ended up dead in an alley. You yeah. could literally melt. I wonder if her dad, her mum was Laurel Lance and she's Dinah Lance. Um, she's Dinah Lance in this, isn't she? They call her yeah, Dinah. Yeah, yeah. She is. I guess her mum was Laurel then. Um, but yeah, friggin' the film is Harley Quinn split up with Joker, and she, you know, people haven't believed her when she said she's split with him. She's basically going around being an absolute pain in the ass to everyone because she knows no one will touch her. And then one day, while drunk, she decides to block the Axis Ace Chemical Plant because that's a big fuck you to Joker and basically announce to the world that she's split from him. And the whole film's also got this whole series of events running along. It's like a whole bunch of separate stories that are going on, all revolve around Black Mask, and Harley Quinn is the one who basically fucks up his situation like because it distracts him from what he's meant to be doing, which is getting this duel. All he's got to do is get this diamond that's encrypted with some thing on it, isn't it? It's like some mm. code or whatever. It's got codes on it. Yeah, it's etched, etched into the diamond. That's all he was going to be doing. He was probably going to get away with that if Harley Quinn didn't announce to the world that she was free from the Joker and then he gets distracted and hires her for a little while to go after the gem for when he probably shouldn't have. <laughs> well, no, so, yeah. He's easily manipulated this side. <coughs> so it's very Harley emotional. Quinn, Harley Quinn goes on a bender after the Joker thing hmm. happens and she officially announces that she... It's a bender that lasts quite a while, it seems. Yeah, it, it lasts about a day. Um, no, it's longer than that. It seems it's implied that she's been on this bender for months. Oh, right, okay. But <laughs> well, she's got so an she, apartment. She goes, to, she goes to Black Mask's club hmm. um, and... You don't need to explain everything that happens. I just explained. Oh no, but like what I'm saying is she pisses everyone off even more and like yeah. basically they give you that moment where it's listing everything she's done to annoy these people Yeah, and then it's like the final straw seems to be that evening and then that's when Zaz goes. Everyone's on. out to get her. Yeah. I love that Zaz. I wondered for a while because I don't name him until halfway through the film and I was like, is that Zaz? He's got scars. It's Zaz. It's got to be Zaz. Yeah. And they don't name him until halfway through the it's film. It's really weird the decision to make it so that he gives himself massive scratches instead of like the little ones like the tallies. He always had a tally, yeah, but yeah. I guess... Just loads of scars. I like Zaz. They didn't do him. They sort of just half-assed him in the Dark Knight film, didn't they? Batman yeah. Begins. It was yeah. played by the lead singer of James for some reason. Um, I could never remember the name of. You know James? Oh, sit down. Oh, sit down. That oh, band from the nineties. Flagpole sits no. for some reason. But um, yeah, they they. I love how this film 
she's an unreliable narrator and her storytelling is not the best and just she like doesn't Deadpool. always remember who what reason people are after her for just like Deadpool but um you say just like Deadpool but you're being it's just, I mean structurally it is jumping back and forth and just there's like Deadpool. <laughs> but it's his own film no it's absolutely his own film I've, yeah. I've we've 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 had arguments about this like yeah I, I murdered you I have a different opinion of this because I think that it would be better served as a story if narratively they didn't... But if you did it linearly, imagine how much time would be spent setting up all sorts of stuff when you could be getting on with... But traditional films do it all the time. You just cut between the Yeah, but you're talking about stuff like putting Huntress's storyline in in order. One of the most interesting things are that linearly telling this story makes more sense anyway because she's there for most of the scenes. It's only Huntress she's not. Hmm. Everyone else, every interaction everybody else has between Certainly people. after it happened as well. Yeah, it just, it, it, like, that's the thing that frustrates me. Is, and it's the same thing that was an issue for so many people with The Witcher, but I didn't have as much of an issue with The mm. Witcher because it's fantastic elements and, like, they, mm. they go ages without meeting each other in that. But in this, she's literally bumping into these people every five seconds. I mean. Keep bothering them. She gets in their way. I, I don't hate this movie. It's a DC movie that I don't despise. I could watch again and I have loads of things I like about it. Holy fuck, Ewan McGregor, welcome back. After this and Doctor Sleep... has been great everything. I know, but after this and Doctor Sleep, he's back on the big screen in like these big-time pictures because we haven't really seen him much in films. Says you. I mean, yeah, you watch episode three every weekend, so mm. you see him every week, yeah. but I don't watch that. Holy crap, is he great in this, though. Yeah. He has two of my two of my favourite scenes are... Um, you know where Zaz is peeling the skin off of those people's faces? Yeah. And there's that girl, and he goes, he goes, don't worry, you're, you're going to go free. And, and he's like, oh... Oh god, is that a snot bubble? I mean, I could have done. Ew, gross. I could have done without the snot bubble if he could just say, "Is is she dribbling?" Like that would have been better. But hmm. uh, he goes, "Is that uh, no?" Take her face off as well. No, <laughs> just get rid of it. And then also um, when he's showing Dina around his apartment, hmm. is it Dina or Dinah? Dina? Is it Dinah? Dinah. And he's showing her around his apartment, and he goes, "He goes, hey, so check these out." They're shrunken heads. Do you want to know how they do them? They boil them and then they superheat them, and they just they shrink up. And now they're in my apartment. Ew. <laughs> like that. It's just his delivery. He is clearly having the best fucking time doing this. Yeah, he's camping it up. No, and there's Zaz- a lot of campy stuff in here as well. Yeah, and like Zaz and him are clearly fucking. Mm. Oh, yeah. The amount of times during the film where I turned, I was I went to go see it with Tara, and the amount of times during the film I turned to her and I went, I went, I went, oh, they fuck him. Kiss him. Just kiss him. <laughs> it's especially when Ewan McGregor's giving Zaz all those details and he's getting really excited and he's getting into it and he's almost dancing towards him and their faces are like a few yeah. centimetres apart and he's like, he's like, Go get him. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, there's a running thread for the film where, like, the whole thing is about people being wronged and women getting... Like, every single woman has a typical thing that is, like, women have to face all the time. you got the cop who's, like, every time she's achieved something, it gets taken by someone else. Yeah. And she's being passed up for promotion yeah, while she's someone else has taken the credit for someone her work. Someone else taking the glory. You yeah. know, the cops aren't listening to her. The other ones are. you got Harley Quinn who's dealt with an abusive ex. you got... Dinah's the only one who really doesn't, but she's under the thumb of Black Mask and she doesn't really want to get out because she doesn't want to rock no, the boat. No, so she's being quiet. And Dinah's a weird one because you get hints that she, because her family, yeah. like because her mum died, she was in an abusive household and she sort of escaped that and she now lives in this apartment in like a shitty neighbourhood. Hmm. And when she sees that little girl's also Cassie coming Kane. from... Yeah, yeah, Cassie. When she sees that Cassie's also in that you shitty see, situation. Cassie Kane ends up being one of the back... Girls, doesn't she? Yeah, Batwoman, Cassandra Kane. Yeah, um, but when she sees Cassie in that situation, she says, "I can tell you now, just get out of there and stay out of there. Mm. And whatever happens when you get older and you look back on this, remember it's not your fault." Mm. 
And that's kind of like a nice, that was a hint towards her having a backstory. Um, probably like, I would agree with you that every one of them has a reason for them to be like, they've all had abusive lives and relationships and other shit. I think Harley Quinn is the only person who abuses people, even, yeah. even though like but she's passing the abuse on. Yeah. Basically shit. she is, she's like an antenna for shit because yeah. she is putting out her own like her universe is she does whatever the fuck she wants Joker protects her as soon as Joker's not protecting her she realises that all the impact she has on everyone around her and how bad of a person she is and how poor she's doing of a job looking after herself but then she's now turning that around saying hey look all this manic energy I have slightly less bad yeah Um, but um, there's all sorts of stuff in I there. Just, you like know, Huntress's whole thing is just because... Huntress's of, thing is amazing. It's Mary just because there's a whole Winston. bunch of like you know rich mobster types playing their games, wanting to have like turf battles. Yeah. The sort of people who arrange everyone in a room to gun them all down because they're the sort of people who think that's a logical thing to do. I would have really liked... That's a fair I, and normal way to approach businesses. Oddly <laughs> enough, I would have really liked to have seen that guy that saved her come back into the story mm. and just be like a... Just be one of those... He's probably shot an arrow through his throat. <laughs> I would like the guy that saved her and hid her. Mm. Like, I'd like him to come back and be like... Almost like... um Just like an old shit kicker. Mm. You know, like an enforcer, but an enforcer for her. Yeah, but she would have killed him. Because he was still involved in the whole thing. Yeah, no, I know. He might have saved her, but, but she like, would have killed him. He's essentially her dad now. And like... Mm. Her, they should have hinted yeah, towards yeah. her killing those people. Actually. All the characters have a nice little bit of growth along the film as well. I like it. I like it, I like it a lot. I like the I like all stuff like where <laughs> Harley Quinn's raiding the police station and all behind her is like just explosions of glitter and confetti and like powder going yeah, off everywhere and she's just like Pfft. there is only one shot and in she's that, having a laugh. There is only one shot in that that was really fucked up and there's um you know where it's the cutaway and she's walking down the hall and mm. they've basically just added all the digital smoke and she sort of steps out of it and there's like for some reason there's a bubble from her waist up that's like six meters of open air. There's obviously for the shot. And then a policeman enters into that bubble and she shoots him. Mm. But it just, the it's so thick and crap. Like, I mean, you could have just got a smoke machine and it's had the same effect. Use powder for that sort of I thing. I know, but it's just... You That's why used... you can't have a right in it, because she'd be covered in powder. No, I know, but you could have just had anything other than... Because it was just too thick a visual effect. And also, I didn't didn't like the sexual abuse shit. Like, I think if Harley Quinn is going to be... sexual abuse. If Harley Quinn is going to be escaping an abusive relationship and then she's going to get, like... She's going to have sex with someone for a hyena, or yeah, but she's, she's almost going to get she's raped. Stuck in cycles and shit. Yeah, I know, but it just like, thing. I just, like, as a character, and also Margot Robbie's performance deserves better. They've done that in the script. comics, though. They've done I way know, worse in the comics. But it just, her, her performance, her role in this as a producer, like, she's integral to this being made. Who wrote that comic book where she gangbangs a room of Joker cosplayers? That was messed up. Someone mm. wrote that for Harley Quinn once. They were like, yeah, that's something Harley yeah, Quinn would definitely do. Something that someone wrote in a Batman comic. Yeah. Look, I like the film. I just, it's, it's, it's great. It's just, it's, they're not there yet. There's still these little, there's still these little fucking Zack Snyder but bits in there. you were saying about there. how Batman v Superman's your favourite DC film. <laughs> there's still these How little... many times have you watched Batman v Superman? <laughs> a bunch. Yeah. There's exactly. still, there's still these little Zack Snyderisms in there and it is like the sexual abuse stuff. It is You'll like the power stuff. what he set up. Yeah. And I just, I think that as soon as they get rid of those, this could have been such a fun movie. Oddly enough, it didn't need the violence or the swearing. No, I like violence and swearing. I like violence and swearing, but it felt a bit like if you move the sexual abuse stuff, this could have been 12A. And if the violence and swearing was out, it could have been a PG. It's more of a 15 than Suicide Squad was. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know why that got 15 over here. Just because of the swearing in this. Um, Rosie Perez, though. Champ. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Rosie Perez... 
They're both great. Margot Robbie, like I said, gives it her all. Like, she's mm. giving 110% in these films. Mm. And I don't like everything that's done in it, but she's giving 110%. Apparently I almost... in the new Suicide Squad film, she's going to have the classic Harley Quinn costume. Oh, really? Yeah, that'd be weird <laughs> to see on film. I imagine James Gunn doing it, it probably won't look like the one they had briefly in Suicide Squad. Yeah, it'll be like... That, look, that was all like vinyl and shit, didn't it? Yeah. Um, one of the things I really liked is they didn't bring back Jared Leto, so that monster was out of it. He's Morbius now, so he can't mm. be in this. I'm wondering if they even used the... Because sh- there's one shot from Suicide Squad using it, but then there's another shot later, which Apparently is the, the body shots double. from Suicide Squad are him, and yeah. then the stuff where he's facing towards her aren't him. Yeah, well, there's the bit where he's tattooing the guy's face, you see that Yeah, flashback. I don't think I don't. That think was be a body double, but um, I was wondering if they replaced the Suicide Squad shot as well, because <laughs> he's, he's a creepazoid. Right person to play um, Michael Morbius, I guess. Oh yeah, he's going to be like he's going to be like the Hulk in that, isn't he? He's only going to be Morbius when he's angry. Yeah, for the rest of his life, he's going to be a human. Um, Really oddly enough, as a counterpoint, so you know, there's an animated section at the beginning of this, yeah, and that manic energy is really well well done there. Yeah, I only just finished watching the last episode of the Harley Quinn series from DC Universe, Mm. and that is really fucking good. I've seen some clips of it; it's quite funny. It is really good. Like, I don't know, I don't know if it's just right now it's the right time for that, but. That's, narratively, she's still a shit kicker. She still beats the shit out of people and she still acts like a villain, like she blows shit up and stuff like that. But, like, I think that that, having a story, having a through line, I think it really does the character a lot more justice. (coughs) And having that time period as well to expand. And also, weirdly enough, works really well as the leader of a team. Like, you've got King Shark and people like that in Mm. there. Um, One thing I wish they'd do with Harley Quinn in the films is uh, ditch that whole red and blue thing that's been going on. Just everything. All the Harley Quinn versions have it nowadays. It's like ever since the Suicide Squad film, they've turned her into like, oh, she wears roll, she wears hot pants and t-shirts now. Yeah, they've sexualised her right up, haven't they? Yeah. I like the ones in um, Injustice where they had her wearing the, she's got the Harley Quinn costume, but it's body armour type thing. It's like... It, well, I say body armour, but it's made of leather and stuff, and it looks like something that someone would build to... And she looks like a Harlequin. Mm. She doesn't look like a Harlequin. She looks like somebody dipped her head in frigging magic sand. Yeah. Like, but yeah, no, I, 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 I like... I was really hoping there'd be a scene where she's lasering off her own tattoos. I would have loved that. I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know why she was adding to it. And that was the other thing yeah. that confused me. It's like, self-harm is a man. weird thing. Yeah, self-harm is a weird thing to have in a film where it's someone who, again, like... I get she it. Like pudding cup, didn't she? Yeah, because she I, had pudding tattooed on the leg. I yeah. think she added cup or something. I get, I get <laughs> that. Like, not. It's not always going to be perfect, and no film is going to match what you want it to be. But it just there's like there's a lot of stuff they hung over from Suicide Squad though, because it was all like, and they can't get rid of it. They can't escape sleazy. the shadow of those sort yeah, of Yeah, because the thing is, when you have that Joker, mm. you can have sleaze everywhere. Yeah. But oh, I enjoyed it. I hope if they do a Birds of Prey sequel, which they probably won't, um, they do an actual Birds of Prey, because this is like an origin for the Birds of Prey, isn't yeah. it? Um, I do like the uh, spoilers for the final shot of the one of the last shots of the film. Huntress's costume is just a tracksuit. It's just crap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so fucking crap. Because she would, yeah. But that it's the Huntress- kind of thing that someone who's trapped in a closet since the eighties would think mm. is cool. No, yeah, well, her costume when she's wearing for most of the film is fine. She just yeah. biker gear and all that. And she keeps trying to introduce herself and everyone gets in, which is yeah. very Scott Pilgrimy. Yeah, like it's the sort of thing you like to make a right film, rehearsing her intro in the mirror. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the whole when she's at the end and she's wearing the the costume's got the markings of a huntress costume. Yeah, but it's just a shell suit because it would be a practical thing for her to wear. I free movement and all that sort. I of can stuff. imagine. I can imagine that when this is released, if there is a director's cut, 
Because a lot of the action was... Do you know who one of the stunt people on this was? Like, the stunt... They producers? actually reshot some st- some action sequences with Chad so- um, Stowarski from, yeah, from John Wick. John Wick. Um, yeah. The Funhouse bit at the end apparently had some extra bits chucked yeah. in. Um, um, that Funhouse fight at the end is a lot of fun. Like It's a lot of fun. That I reminds just, me of the 60s Batman just, stuff. And There's so many weird choices for shots. Like, there's... You know where they've got the springboard bits where Huntress is going on springboards? Yeah. yeah. That, sh- that... If we could see that from, a, like, a wider shot, Instead of just seeing people's legs jumping on springboards, it would look great. Mm. But you can't see the two levels. You could just yeah, you probably would have ended up having a digital marriage with Winstead. Yeah, and all wire work. being digital, yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, like, someone complained that at the end there's a scene where they're in the fun house and there's a bunch of people come up and one of them's got, like, a flamethrower and shit like that. And then suddenly they're outside and that's not resolved. There's, like, a good three or I four minutes. That. No, there's, like, a good three or four minute fight scene before they're outside. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they do beat everyone up. Because I saw it. Yeah. As soon as he walked in with a flamethrower, I was like, I was like, didn't that review mention there was an action scene with a flamethrower where it just cuts out? And I was like, oh, no, that is absolutely fine. I love that one guy gets, um, he gets kicked in the balls or something, or he gets shot in the balls or something. And he's lying there and he's about to get up and they're ready to hit him again. He's like, nah, I'm done. Later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, straight down. Just like, yeah. Um... But yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought um, it was fun. And I like Black Mask, even though he's like campy and stuff, he gets terrifying in some bits. He is like nasty to people. Yeah, again, that I, I'm just remembering now that digital fucking fog again at the end. Don't moan about digital fog. I know, I'm just, I, it annoyed me because it would be, it's Black Mask, it'd be really interesting if he was just pretending to be one of the statues, but instead they just, loads of that shit coating the walls. And mm. it's just, it's such a, it's it's the Silent Hill school of action scenes. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I didn't mind it. I, you know, it's it's not perfect, but it's a really good film. I think they could have done a bit more with Black Mask and hint at where the mask comes from and stuff. Because he's just obsessed. There's with no masks, mention that his family's dead, so it's, it does sound as if his family's alive in this, and they just cut him off. Yeah, that's what I but thought it was. In the comics, it's, he his ends up killing dead. his family, yeah. and he makes a mask out of their coffin. Well, he takes his dad's <laughs> his dad's a cosmetics mogul. Hmm. And what happens is he invents a face cream that's meant to rejuvenate, but it turns out they fucked up Wasn't the recipe. Wasn't Industries the name of the cosmetics company in the Catwoman film as Maybe. well? Maybe. But yeah, they, Stone. he fucks up the face cream so that it melts people's faces, mm. so it yeah. like, takes all the skin off, and he puts it on masks and puts those masks on people so that if they ever remove them, it takes all their fucking skin off. Lovely. And um, and he does it to his dad. He goes, Dad, I'll let me get that for you. And he pulls it off and it's all fucked up. I like Black Mask as a character. That's mm. so why It's just, yeah. Anyway. I liked it. It's a Liam Neeson. Why are you saying that? Because i got to give my score. Oh, sorry. What, what, did you, what did you give? I enjoyed it. It's good. <laughs> did you say I'll give it a Johnny Depp? <laughs> no, I don't give it any score. Don't give scores. That's true. Would you recommend yeah. people see it in cinema? Yeah. I don't think that it needs to necessarily it's be... better s- than Suicide Squad. Oh, it's I mean, it's so- better than the version of Suicide Squad we got. Who knows what the original David Ayer version of that would be like, because he definitely didn't cut it. Probably just as bad. It's a David Ayer. He's David Ayer's all right about okay. Well, End of Watch is amazing, and then what else? Bright. Uh, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did. Um, was Jarhead his? No. I can't. We did something else. Yeah, End of Watch. There's something else really good he did. Yeah, End of Watch. There's something else. Oh. No, if you can find that magic yeah. film that probably. Look, no one knows what's going on with Suicide Squad, man. They should. I still think they should release a version of that where you get to cut your own version of the film because everyone else got to go. Fucking. Like all the pop art names and stuff coming up in the. Harley Quinn movie it works in that it's coherent it feels the same it feels like a through line for it Suicide Squad's like five minutes into the film they've ditched it and they've brought in some other style and then a few minutes later it feels like it's edited by someone else entirely yeah it's a fucking mess of a film it really is at least the new one's directed by James Gunn I can't imagine that 
Go no, it's going to be wrong. great. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be full on like Captain Boomerang's in it again. It's going to be the best be, part of. <laughs> it's genuinely going to be like the Dirty Dozen, but with superheroes. Hmm. That's what it's going to be. Like. I saw a bit of filming where um, Harley Quinn's being guided by the military. And oh. she thinks she's acting like she's being taken to the prom by chauffeurs and she's wearing a red dress. Yeah. They're filming in, I think it's Buenos Aires or something right yeah. now. In the daytime. We've got really? daytime shots oh, in go. this DC universe. I don't see this. So far, thing. Aquaman and Shazam are the only ones that dared to go out in daytime. And Birds of Prey. A couple of minutes in Wonder Woman. Like, Birds of Prey. There's a little, this tiny bit. One, Birds, the whole even when they're outside. 15 minutes are outside. When they're outside in Birds of Prey, though, it still looks miserable. <laughs> Right. No, she's in that market getting the sandwich. It's all set during the day, yeah, she gets and then the she gets caught up by the guy that she. I was hoping she'd of. get the sandwich at the end. That was that was my main concern that she I wasn't mean, going to get that sandwich because that sandwich when, looked good. When one of the plot points hinges on someone eating a sandwich they could quite easily make at home, <laughs> I'm not quite as invested as other people. That you couldn't make a sandwich yes, like that. Fucking get it fried no. bacon, eggs, and a bit of Do cheese. It, the cheese. This cheese is out of date. You got to get the white. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I'll rub my balls up and down a cheese slice for you and I can make that fucking You've just sandwich. been stuck in, stuck in cheesy balls in your mouth. Yeah, all day long. Yeah, I don't know where I'll put it in amongst all the DC films because there's like a... There's good and dog shit with DC films and obviously Justice League's at the top because that's a masterpiece but you have to travel back to 1996 to watch it. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Um, all right. Well, DC my- are at least letting the directors make their movie, it seems now. I, I don't think that's Aquaman. True. Aquaman's like different to Wonder Woman and friggin. I reckon Aquaman. Shazam had, feels different to the other ones. Aquaman had twenty suits sitting on every single shot, complaining about the cost of things. No, that film must have been expensive. Yeah. Whereas Shazam <laughs> cut half an hour from it, it would have been nice Shaz- and breezy. Shazam was definitely one of those films where the guy went, "I could do it for twenty mil," and they were like, "Fucking go for it, mate! Twenty mil." <laughs> they made it for more than that. That film cost them one hundred twenty million dollars or something along those lines. No, it was an expensive film. L- no. Yeah. Really? Yeah, a lot of money spent on Zachary Levy um, and his uh, rubber suit. I know, it's five million for all the shoot- shoots. Mm. they got The Rock now. It's going to be Black Adam finally. They're going to make a Black Adam film where Black Adam's a hero. A <sighs> hundred million? Yeah, I told you. For Shazam. Shazam costs a lot of money. <laughs> Jesus. Well, this was only like 40 mil. It wasn't nothing. It was more than that. Was <laughs> it Really? No, <laughs> I would probably argue this is in the upper tier. You reckon this is in the upper tier? Okay, so yeah. guess the amount. I'm going to say. 40. I would say about 150 million. You can say, yeah. Okay. <gasps> okay, so I said 40, and you said 150. 97. Yeah. <laughs> Gee. Told you, man. <coughs> what the fuck? Well, where'd that money go? They're still cheaper than any deep Marvel film. That's true. Well, no, Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. How much was Robert Downey Jr.? Spider-Man Homecoming was like $200 million. Really? Yeah, God, yeah. No! no. Jesus, dude, yeah. What? I'll probably say the cheapest Marvel film is probably going to be either the first Iron Man or Incredible Hulk. Doctor Strange. <gasps> $175 million! Yeah. They don't spend, like, they don't spend less than $150 million on a Marvel film. Black Widow will cost that much as well. Somehow Far From Home was less. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. wait. Well, no, Robert Downey Jr. Can't imagine. That's true. It was 50 mil. <laughs> Can't imagine why it was cheaper without him. All right, so what would be the cheapest? What would you say the cheapest? Iron Man, probably. Iron Man. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like, let's say, let's say post Avengers. Post Avengers? Yeah, from Adve- <sighs> Avengers to Ant Man. Ant Man. Ant Man. Which is something about, I think Ant Man's about 90, 90 million. If I remember rightly. 130 million. <laughs> Jesus. That's a fun game. We're never playing that again. 
would never, we would never see that amount of money in our lives. I mean, technically, we did. We watched it. Yeah. Oh God. Every dollar's up on the screen, man. How much do you think Endgame cost? Oh, Endgame was rolled in with um, Infinity Wars budget, it? and it's it's like you're talking like five hundred some odd million they spent making those two films. Three hundred and fifty-six for just Endgame. Yeah, yeah. They they budgeted both of them together and shot them at the same time, didn't That's they? Fucking insane, isn't yeah. it? That is an insane amount of money, but it did make two billion. Yeah, and also like <laughs> James Cameron's not bitter in the slightest. No, he's, he's not, not just going to re-release Avatar. No, just Avatar Two's coming, coming, and it's going to be the best film ever. Like, let's be fair, to James Cameron. He's made some of the best movies ever. You know? No one cares about Avatar. Yeah, but we said that when Avatar One was coming out. Yeah, but everyone how, said that when Avatar what, One was coming out. What? What quote something from Avatar? Jake Sully. One line. Jake Sully. Jake Sully. His name's Jake. Jake Sully. Like, like there's there's nothing you can quote. Jake. Give a quote from Terminator Jake. too. Give a quote from Terminator too. Get down. Get down. But you can't quote anything from Avatar. I just did twice. You just said the name this, of one of the characters. This is the true true. <laughs> you don't remember anything from that film. Your brother died, so. We're going to put you into his avatar. I could get used to this. Being inside he his that, brother. He says that three times. Being inside his yeah, brother. He says that three yeah. times. He says that running from anyway, the you patches. review your last thing, right. you wankstain. I'll get back to the true true. You fucking um, okay. crusty old wankstain. So, <laughs> I've got... I'm, I'm going to review a film. You've got herpes. I'm going to review a movie. All right, well, I'm going to have a nap then. See ya. So, I have... I... Um, I have watched a film. I have a dream. I dreamed a dream. Uh, I watched Uncut Gems. And oh. I watched Uncut Gems, a Mahovi by the Safdie brothers. Oh. Starring Adama Sandler. Oh. So, Uncut Gems. Is this Gems. getting Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler. Uh, no, it's, it's so good, it's impossible to explain in, uh, in words. So I'm going to do it. So, with notes. No, um, Adam Sandler plays a jewelry, a jewelry store owner. And fucking don't fart like that. <laughs> that was so long. I didn't expect it to last that long. Jesus. Adam Sandler is a man who owns a jewellery store. He is massively in debt and has a gambling issue. He is literally scrimping and scraping to get by each day. And he goes from one bet to another, often with um, his his life, his livelihood, and his, his family in the crosshairs when he makes mistakes. And he is almost always making mistakes. He cannot stop himself. He owes a lot of money to one person in particular. It's his brother-in-law who has a very violent gangster underling who is, who's essentially had enough of entertaining Adam Sandler's hijinks. And it's gotten to the point now where... I would too, to be honest. Yeah. Like, if I was a movie <coughs> studio, it's... it's gotten to the point where Adam Sandler is, his patience, sorry, his, his, his limit, his ticket has been punched and it is time to collect. And they're saying, we need the hundred thousand dollars we lend you. Give it back to us. So, um, Adam Sandler has been working on a plot for around, I think he says it's been about 18 months he's been working on this, but there's a bunch of people that live out in, in like the Middle East and they dig for gems and they find these massive black opals that are, they have just these, just this, like a phenomenal thing to look at. It's like a giant gemstone and it just, the way the light cascades around is beautiful. And he has orchestrated a plan to have this thing shipped over so that he can make money, he can sell it, because it's mm. been valued at like two million, this massive fuck off gem. Um, 
and he he is due to sell it in a due to sell it in a, a in an auction, but things go wrong. Luckily, um, a a basketball star. Who is it? Who the fuck is it? I can't remember the name of the guy. KG. Kevin. Kevin Durant. Kevin. Kevin. Sorry, one sec. I'm going to check. So I want to. Remember. Does it matter? Just say someone. So basically, a basketball star who is who is who is suffering a little bit of bad luck has mm. <clears throat> taken to the stone, and Adam Sandler allows him to borrow it for a night. But the guy puts down a down payment of giving him one of his championship rings. He says, "Look, you can take it for tonight." And the guy plays an incredible game of basketball, <clears throat> so good, so good that it would have got Adam Sandler out of debt because what he has done. He took the ring the man used as a down payment to make sure that he could hold on to the stone. He's pawned it for 25 grand, taken that 25 grand to one of his bookies, placed it on a fucking stupid bet on, on Kevin to win and score all these points, go crazy. It's like a literally just specifics, like three points in the first half. You know, just one of those, mm. one of those ridiculous things that only people that are the super hinds. Yeah. Um, and, and it comes in. Ooh. Comes in absolutely fine. But he finds out that his brother-in-law has actually cancelled the bet. He said, no, fuck it. He can't have any more credit with anyone. He can't have any more money down anywhere else because he owes me this money. He owes me this money and I need it back. And that obviously it puts Adams on the back of misfortune. So he's back to scraping and scraping. And it's just, that's not even half of the plot. Mm. That's the first half an hour. Mm. And it is, I can't explain how tense this fucking film is. Adam Sandler doesn't play dramatic roles often. He's often doing those dog shit comedies because they're making money. I don't know. I've never laughed at one of his comedies. <laughs> they make him money and he, he gets like Sony eats that shit up. Netflix eats that shit up now. Like that's his bread and butter. So when he does a dramatic role, it is usually when you see his true form because you've got things like Punch Drunk Love. Mm. You have things like Spanglish even that isn't truly a comedy. It's more like a family drama. That's fine. Um, funny people funny people is, I really like funny people not a lot of people like that film I think mm. that's incredible and then and then you've got this and the the story behind this film is the Safdie brothers asked him to do it 10 years ago and he mm. said no and they asked him to do it 5 years ago he said no and he only said yes this year and like it's given loads of Oscar buzz for him obviously it didn't happen he wasn't mm. included this year maybe next year maybe they'll push it for a consideration next year who knows but Holy no, it would have been this year. It would have been under because they, they toured it around. Yeah, they toured it around before, but I think it didn't get general release until the end of the year. Yeah. So it may have fallen into next year. Never know. No, the cut-off's like January something. Oh, is it? it? I think. I don't know. There's yeah. a cut-off thing for it. That's shit. Cause it but is... they, don't, they don't look at Netflix films, do they? Well, it is fucking... The Irishman incredible. gets a pass because it's Scorsese. Yeah. Like, Scorsese yeah. getting a shout by Bong Joon-Hun. Bong Joon-Ho. Bong Joon-Ho. Hmm. Yeah, that was good. That was Suddenly really sweet, everyone actually. wants to watch bloody Snowpiercer. Yeah. Um, it's on Netflix. Yeah. It's just it's a really shit compression version, so it doesn't look great. I watched it years ago. You get like a 40 gig file of that film, it looks incredible. Um, but anyway, so yeah, um, this is this is a really good film. It's Adam Sandler being great. There are a few times when he falls back into that, just give me the money! And you're like, oh God, I can see Adam Sandler coming through. But then it just it drifts back into the dramatic stuff. Everyone around mm. him. Like, probably the biggest thing to say is that every single actor is on fucking point. Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, yeah, he's good. He's in this. He, he was, remember when they made that Death Note film and he was the only character in it? Yeah, the only one that was any good. Yeah. Um, but he's in this and he plays, like, almost like a hype man. a new man. Death Note. He plays a... Well, there's a new one. There's a new Death Note manga. And... Oh, yeah, it's got Donald Trump getting the Death Note. No. 
Yeah. No, there's an actual new Death Note manga. Oh, right. A new new series oh. um, coming and stuff. Yeah. Is it going to be on Shonen Jump? Because I got that app the other day. Don't know. No, no idea. Um, but anyway, so this is, this is fucking incredible. It's just a fucking incredible film. Um, people probably are already seeing it because it's on Netflix. It's got a lot of hype, but just tension constantly throughout. The only thing that I would say is that unlike any other film, like there's no redemptive arc for him. He's mm. going to do this again. Mm. Like, You're on Cut Gems too. <laughs> no, there won't be. <laughs> He's going to do this again. Like, even if he wins, even if he gets his gets his big payout, even if he sells his two hundred thousand pound or dollar fucking gem or two million dollar gem, even if he gets everything on his shelves sold, he will still bet it all on some stupid fucking thing because he is addicted. There's no escape. It's not like a story about someone who's addicted to drugs suddenly getting over drugs and finding Jesus and all the other shit. He won't be cured. He loves this. He loves it being on the line. He's mm. tense. He's he's shaky. He's often like fucking beaten up. He gets punched in the face a bunch. Like, so you're saying even if Adam Sandler won an award for this, he'd still go back and keep doing yeah the film. I think it might does. be the perfect metaphor for his yeah. career. Yeah, and that's you know a lot of people are saying like, oh, this is incredible. Like, I want him to it's win. It's a made Jack and Jill too. Jack and Jill too. Oh, yeah, no. um, but people are saying like, oh, it's incredible. I was watching this and I want him to win. I want him to get the money. I wanted to do everything. And like, I was watching it. I was just going, it's so fucking sad. <laughs> This is so sad. This is a man addicted and like no one's helping him. Like people encourage him. And obviously they do because they're making money off of him failing. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, there's no happy ending to this. Like not every film has to have a happy ending, but there's that moment where at the very end of the movie, the character can take a breath Hmm. and then the credits. In this, he's not breathing. Like there's no, there's no like, Oh, it's all over. It's finally over. Like, even if he wins a bet, and he does win a bet throughout, like, the film, there are wins, he's still, like, he's still, like, I fucking won. Can you see that? I told you I'd fucking win. And, like, you suddenly, like, it's no longer the addiction to gambling. It's the high of the win. Hmm. But then you can see his eyes, like, as soon as he's, like, I fucking told you, didn't I tell you I'm a winner? Like, I win. I win. Hmm. I win. And then the next bet. Then yeah. just the next bet drips in, and it's fucking phenomenal. I just everyone needs to watch it. This is, this is, fucking great. This is a Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce, another Sam Neil. It's a Sam, Sam Neil. It's not quite a Tom Atkins. It's not perfection. It is so close to perfection, but I just that fucking Adam Sandler voice. As soon as I hear that screamy big daddy. Why'd you pee in the first? You love, you love as soon as there's films. a hint of that, like he has more range than that. I don't know why he draws back into that, but it's just he a makes couple of millions moments. doing it. There's just a couple of moments in the film where he pulls that voice out and it just reminds me. I'm like, oh, Adam Sandler, you're going back to that. You're going back to that trash can full of Italian food, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're going back to that big old bank account. Like, oh no, I dropped a baby in the gunge. Well, I guess I'll have to eat it. And there's like Netflix, seven million dollars. <laughs> Is that how many films he's done for Netflix now? Seven. It's, Is it? I think he's finished Jeez. his contract. Has he? Good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, you that d- one where he had the shoes and he wear the shoes and would become someone else. The cobbler. Yeah. Yeah, and his dad turned out it was it was uh, known known monster Dustin Hoffman. Whatever happened to that guy? He disappeared, didn't he? Did he? Dustin Hoffman do bad things. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman was like a right bad guy back in the day. Was he? Yeah, that's why he's disappeared. Oh. Yeah. It's not like he's really old. 
No, it's not that he's really ancient. like no, apparently he was like a real asshole to women. Oh. Yeah. That's Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Mr. McCorium's Wonder Emporium. Yeah. <laughs> was probably a room he locked the girls in <laughs> until they until they relented. It's a fun film, that. Yeah. Who's in that film? Zoe De Chanel? Yeah, I think so. Or am I remembering it from Elf? I might be remembering it no, from No, it was Elf. um it was it was a, Natalie Portman was in it. That's who it was. Yeah, America's other monster, <laughs> Natalie Portman, who wore a dress to the Oscars with a bunch of female directors' names. She's hired one female director in a production company herself. There's <laughs> only so many women working in Hollywood. I've not. It's not like I've got a name. She's got a list now. I don't have a list of their names anyway, do I? Yeah. Um, God, she was great in. Um, she was great in. Uh, fuck's sake! I've already forgotten the name. The Netflix movie, Annihilation. Annihilation, yeah. Yeah, she was great in that. I need to get that. It's on 4K Blu-ray now. Yeah? It is, yeah. yeah and it's it cheap. Up. It's like a tenner yeah. on Amazon. Nice. Um, I, think it, I think I saw it on sale for 10 or 12 quid. It's worth picking up. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. And Fuck. where can people find you? Eh. LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. And you are still the most popular Mellow Gaming channel on YouTube. Probably for now, who knows? Some little oik will make one soon and you'll get a million subscribers Some in a week. What? Week. Some little fucking. little hat wearing oik. Yeah. He's always, yeah, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Dirty Penis here. <laughs> fucking. We're going to be playing some Fortnite. <laughs> Got some new Roblox mods come on. Roblox is 24-7. Watch me charge 70,000 FIFA points to my dad's credit card, y'all! Yeah. I ain't going to play anymore until you get 10 subscribers on Twitch Prime. <laughs> it reminds me of Mythic Quest, which I watched recently, and I, I didn't want to review it for this episode because it's kind of one of those series that only had one episode that I think was of merit. No. <laughs> Do you remember Master of None? <laughs> what happened to Master of None? Didn't Aziz Ansari turned out to be a bad guy, but then he wasn't actually a bad guy. I don't know. Whatever. Don't care. Anyway, you can find me at Critipocalypse on on Twitter and YouTube, and you know, and we're on we're on. Oh, we we recently got roasted by Omni Jamali. Uh, you did, and he was wasn't he was talking about your profile. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Got a shower. Gave us a B minus. Yeah. Because you suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad you score. You shouldn't just tag random people. No, it's just... Uh, You're tagging in Omaja Lily because you said you saw his penis. <laughs> I did see his penis. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Did you know about no, it? I'm not going to... I only found out about it because it was on Funhouse and then I watched The Mummy and it's in there. I saw a dick. <laughs> it's a good dick. I was complimenting him. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, never mind. Say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen his dick. <laughs> <laughs>